Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Phil Drysdale Show. Uh, this week, we have my good friend Conrad from Ideas Digest on. I'm really excited about that. Um, it's a big week for me in the UK. We're finally allowed to hang out in gardens and public places up to six people. So I'm really excited to start seeing some friends again. I've not seen people for months, it feels like. In fact, it, is, it has been months since I've, I've really seen people outside of online. And uh, yeah, we just had people around in the garden last night. And oh, it was just the best. Absolutely freezing outside, trying to keep warm around a fire. And um, it was just delightful. I loved every second of it. And so yeah, things seem to be feeling a bit more hopeful and optimistic for me um, as far as where we're at here in the UK. I don't know where you're at. I hope you're you're staying safe. I hope you're okay. I hope you're, um, your family, your loved ones, everyone else that you know is safe and okay. We're in such uncertain and, and hard times. And for a lot of us that have gone through deconstruction, I know a lot of you, the pandemic has kind of kicked off your deconstruction, or at least it's given you the, the space to explore deconstruction more seriously. And you've not had to be in attendance at churches and stuff. And maybe there's um, a little bit of hesitancy and, and fear about going back um, about the pandemic being over. Um, it's, it's funny to think of something like that. Um, but of course, that means facing the reality of, hey, why are you not coming back to church? Or maybe the anxiety of having to go back to church and pretend that you're still in that same place. And um, so there's, there's a lot going on and there's so much um, ups and downs around this kind of time. And so I hope you're doing okay. If you do need someone to talk to, feel free to reach out, shoot me a message. Um, it's at Phil Drysdale on Instagram. Um, and also, I guess this is the perfect time. I know I plug this every time I talk on the podcast, but the deconstructionnetwork.com is a completely free resource to help you find other people deconstructing in your local area. Um, and so as things are slowly re returning to normal, um, as more and more of us are getting vaccinated, as more and more of us feel safe to kind of be around each other, go out to the pub, hang out, have people around to our homes, um, this is the perfect time to get on the deconstructionnetwork.com, see if there are other people in your local area that are deconstructing. It's a completely free resource. You just pop in your name um, and, and basically the city and state that you live in, and it'll stick you on the map. It will let you search around your local area. You can put in your radius, 10, 20 miles, 100 miles, um, and you can see who's in your who's in your local area. You can click on them, send them a message, um, and and see where that goes. You know, not everyone that you find on there is going to be someone that you click with, um, but everyone on there is going to be someone that has um, come out of a conventional Christian space and is exploring something new. Again, might be very different to where you land, but there's something about having gone on that journey that unifies us as we deconstruct. Those of us that end up atheists, those of us that end up agnostic, those who end up Buddhists or progressive Christians, um, all of that is secondary to the primary component of where we've come from. We've all left something that is very similar. And I think there is something very unifying about that. There's something really connecting um, about that. You know, uh, we have our Christian friends, but they don't get it. They don't get it because they've not deconstructed. They're not questioning the things that we're questioning. And it's really honestly unfair to try and have a conversation about it most of the time. I mean, they just aren't capable of that conversation. And then we've got our friends outside of the church, you know, they never really grew up in church. They never really were Christian. And so we may actually find our beliefs are more in line with what they believe, but they don't get it either. They don't know what it was like to live in that bubble, to grow up in a Christian home, to grow up in the church, to be so fundamental in the way we saw the world and then to lose that and to come out of that and lose friends and family and loved ones and all kinds of things. There's, 
there's something very isolating about this process because our Christian friends and our non-Christian friends don't overly get what we're going through um, in the way that someone else that's deconstructing does. And so as things are beginning to open up a bit more, um, it's a perfect time to, to make sure you're on the deconstruction network, that you're able to be found by someone that's new in your area, because some areas are we're still an emerging uh, resource. And so there's only about 3,000 people on there. So you might log in and find there's no one that close. Maybe the closest person is 50 miles away or something. Um, but the next time someone in your area joins, because there's more and more hundreds constantly joining, um, there'll be someone there already, you. And so they'll be able to message you. Um, but there is a good chance as well, especially if you're in a city, um, uh, there's a really good chance that you'll find some other people um, in your area. And I know a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm in the rural area or I'm in uh, I'm in the South or the Midwest. No one deconstructs there. And actually that's quite the opposite. It, it seems that the South is the, the most uh, populated area. Um, and so, yeah, there's so many people there that are looking to connect. And so do make sure you use that resource, the deconstructionnetwork.com. It's completely free um, and, it, and it is a game-changing resource. I get messages all the time and I love getting these messages. If you have connected with someone on the Deconstruction Network, take a selfie, send me a picture, let me know. I love hearing about how this helps people and how people are making friends and connecting. It really is so encouraging. Um, so yeah, do check that out for sure. Um, it's, it's, there's no, there's no cost. There's no downside. It's just upside of potentially finding someone. Um, all right, let's dive into this talk with Conrad. I'm really excited to, um, to have this conversation. Conrad is such an interesting person. His podcast is so interesting. Ideas digest, they get people on with such extreme different views. Um, and, uh, and, and just, let them kind of process, ask them lots of questions, um, keep prodding, trying to find the the human underneath all these um, kind of extreme positions. I've been on there. If you want to check out my podcast with Conrad, that, that, that was a fun one. Um, but there's so many in there. And, and I would encourage if you do check out Ideas are just, don't just jump to the one that you like. You know, he's had people like Rob Bell or someone like that. And you go, oh, I like Rob Bell or Phil Drysdale or whoever you know and go, oh, I like that. That's probably less interesting. I would go and find someone that you go, oh, I don't like them at all, or I don't like that position at all. Those are the most interesting podcasts that Conrad does. He has people on that are so extreme, extreme right-wing fanaticals, you know, Trump supporter, or um, very conservative Christians, uh, very fundamental Christians, and he'll ask them so many great questions, and it's so interesting to see them trying to answer these questions, and, and you start to see beneath the veil. Oh, this person is this way because of this. Oh gosh, I could have been that person. Um, maybe I was that person at one point. Um, and so there's so many interesting components to, to what Conrad's doing on the podcast. And we're going to dive into that as we, as we talk here. Um, and so let's do that. Let's dive in and see what Conrad has to say. Dude, I'm excited about this. I'm really excited. I, yeah, I've been looking forward up. to this for a long time. When did we last chat? Like, I, I feel like, because because you brought the episode with me not that long ago, but we yeah, talked like a long ago. time ago, right? Yeah, it was like um, the end of last year or something. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, gosh, it has been like, I reckon five months or so since we've chatted. Um, so I'm looking forward to catch up. I'm looking forward to hearing more of your journey. And yeah, yeah this will be good. Really good. How are you doing for time? All right. I got, yeah, I got nothing but time. Okay, cool. It's evening <clears> for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I just got home from work, so all good. Sweet. Are you, are you on the West Coast? Wait. Nah. Oh, nah. All of Australia, we're all East Coasters, except people in Perth. Right. That's For some yeah. reason, I had you placed in Perth. Nah. Nah. I don't know if it's... Do you know what? 
I'm gonna throw it out there. Uh, having spent not that much time in Australia, I think people from Perth are cooler. And I think that's what it is. <laughs> now, I know that's a very controversial statement. I don't know about statement. that, mate. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's probably just because I only got exposed to, like, you know, 100 people in each location and, you know, little samplings here and there. Um, but yeah, I liked, I liked the people I was around in Perth. I was like, these guys are cool. Yeah, really keep that really under your hat in the rest of like Australia. I'll, I'll, I'll let people know when I come in next time at the, at the customs, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you should be like, by the way, Perth people are cool. We, like... We're kind of a bit anti-Perth at the moment because they've just shut their borders completely and like my brother's there and we can't go and visit and they've just like their own country it kind of thing. Wow. So we're kind of like, oh, Intense. bloody Perth. Like they think they're, it's, this whole, <laughs> it's half of Australia. It's such a, yeah. So That is funny. It's such a weird country, right? I mean, like it's just this giant, it's like a donut. There's just nothing in the middle. And then <laughs> there's a couple of things around the edge. That's right. And even yeah. then, most of the edge, completely desolate as well. <laughs> That's right. The East Coast is kind of where it's at. But then once you get past Brisbane, yeah. it's a bit of nothing until you get, well, a bit of nothing for the rest of it. Uh, everyone in Darwin's like, oh, yeah, I'm here. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I haven't done much of Australia as well. I loved, I did love, I loved Sydney and um, <coughs> I was in Brisbane for a bit as well. And I loved that. And so I loved all of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, the only, the, I think the thing that hit me hard was I'd just been to New Zealand um, mm. the year before. And New Zealand is cool. I, I think cool New Zealand, Australia, though, dude. I know. I'm, I'm just hitting you right where it hurts, over and over and over. I know. East By Coast sucks, but at least it's not as bad as you know. Um, <laughs> New Zealand's better. Australia as a whole, just not that good. No, I love New. I think New Zealand felt more like England to me, and yes. I've been living in America, and I was just like, this feels uh, yeah. like coming home. Whereas Australia is yeah. so big, still, it still feels yeah. like America. It's it's like British people with their vibe, kind of cool, chill. Yeah. But infrastructure was still very America. And I was like, well, this just feels big and large. And, and I don't, it doesn't compute with this culture of like chilled out vibe people that are kind of British in a lot of ways, but not at all because you're driving on four lane highways. Like, what's that? We don't have four yeah. lane highways. No, you yeah. don't, eh? Yeah. We're, we're part of the world, the UK. Australia is like America lot, I think. We yeah. wish, we, wish yeah. we were America despite how much our culture doesn't like Americans, but politically yeah. we, it's moving I think, way, right? I think we copy, we, we look around the world and we're like, which country should we follow? You know, the innovative ones, Norway, Sweden, even New Zealand. They're like, nah, nah, Trump, let's follow him. That's our politics. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yes. Hold on guys. There's this orange guy over there. Yeah. That's it. That's the that's one. Right. He makes, that's he gives it. our conservative politicians like a lot of license. So if they're beating mm. him, we look good. Like as long, like the bar's yeah. so low. Like we won't, he, they won't openly support him, but they kind of give license. Our conservative politicians are kind of took his playbook now. Now our, yeah. they're going, oh, that's fake news. And they go into our ABC, like Australian broadcaster, the public one, like BBC. Yeah, yeah. In, in the media now, they're just saying like, um, oh, we all know you're left-leaning, blah, 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 like full attack in the media. I'm like, that's direct from playbook of Donald Trump, you idiots. Like, yeah. And it works, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. It does work. It works really well because the, the, the that hard left position as much as there's a lot of people there and there's a lot of people left in general, most people don't like the hard left. And so if you yeah. can actually focus on hating the hard left, it's better than actually yeah. trying to win some of the people on the right, right? Because you actually yeah. club together all the centralists, all the people on the right now are on your side. If you just go, well, look at those dicks. Mm. Um, it, it's a, that's, I mean, that's how Trump won. I don't think he was intelligent enough to know that's what he was doing maybe. But it was because he was like, look at these extreme liberals. And everyone was like, yeah, we do hate those people. I'm like, um, I was like, do you actually know any? Like, this is the thing. 
I'm like, have you ever met one of these in America? extreme lefties? I just mean in life. Few. I'm like, in life. I'm like, have you ever yeah. come across someone that's like, effing, I want communism. Like, I've never, like, yeah, bring back no public property. Like, I don't think anyone. <laughs> where do these people exist? I don't know, but. Yeah. Well, if, if you listen to America, every single socialist country is. That's, that's right. That's all there is. The Australia, right. where far left like every yeah. yeah that's right it's amazing right because they'll say things like oh well look at england look at australia and i'm like guys you do know that they're like the closest behind you and yeah. using you as a model to try and slowly eradicate any kind of like yeah. progressive that's movement right. in their country yeah look at all those countries uh, beating us on like happiness and health and well-being and oh we don't want to be them oh they suck oh it's it's such a bizarre world it's so interesting i have you come across perceptiongap.us it's an interesting website no so what they do is they do, um, there's a test you can do. It's, it's largely for Americans, but it's interesting to do anyway, I guess. But basically what they did initially was they kind of closed off and did a, a specific grouping. Um, and they basically ask a whole bunch of Republicans, where do you stand on all these different issues? And then they ask oh, them, yeah. where do you think Democrats stand? And then they do it with Democrats, vice versa. Where do you stand and where do you think Republicans stand? And so what they have is the hard data of like, here's where Republicans generally are. And here's where Democrats generally are. Yeah. And here's where they think each other are. And the gap just like grows insane, you know? Um, and most of them are kind of in the same place on most issues. Like most of them kind of agree, Democrats and Republicans, it turns out. And actually they just think the other person is an insane monster. And therefore... Yeah. You know, and so it's really interesting. It's like what you're saying. Where is this extreme liberal? <coughs> well, yeah. Well, okay. A whole bunch of people showed up and stormed a Capitol building or whatever. But in the grand scheme of things, how many people actually out of the 360 million people stormed the Capitol? You know what I mean? Like there's not yeah. that many people that are that yeah. nuts. Uh, yeah. Most people that are Republican are just kind of like some random guy that's just, you know, working mm. a job and he's got family and he goes to church and he's like, oh, I'm supposed to report. Yeah, I'm Republican. I'm kind of a bit more conservative. You know, I really would rather a little bit less taxation and you know i've got my own business i don't want it to be like too stimmied by the government like that's the regular republican not like yeah. let's take the you know let's kill aoc like or that's whatever right. you know that's right. let's kill aoc yeah but that's who every yeah. democrat thinks of when they think of a republican and then yeah. vice versa right that's right um every republican thinks of someone that's literally trying to like with their like you know sickle like take out the you know american that's dream right. have um, you um have you read Richard Raw's latest book. I think it's a reworking of an older one. The the wisdom tradition, I think, he's just dropped. No. Um, I was just reading that and, and that's an interesting one because he, he gets he talks political. Um and mm. that's what he says. He's like he critiques the progressives and then he can critiques conservatives and he and, and that's what he says. He's like each side holds up the worst of each side to justify their position and why they should be that way to the other. And it's like yeah. once again, the extreme positions there's still a minority on either on either end, but we hold them up and go, see, like Republicans are crazy because of this nut job QAnon Trump guy. And then it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. but most Republicans don't sit there. Yeah, that's right. It's it's such an interesting uh, thing. This this hammers down to like who you are and what you do, though, right? I mean, to to a nutshell, like looking at these kind of extremes and everything in the <laughs> middle. And so, um, I'll probably include most of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> just, um, uh... but. Let's, let's dive in a bit more. Uh, Conrad, tell me a bit about yourself. Um, I, I mean, a, a lot of people have been exposed. I, I've shared your stuff quite a bit, and I know a lot of people are following you and, and tracking with you. I know you have a high turnover, though, because you managed to piss off one side or the other with the, yeah, the, the, the yeah. kind of wild extreme guests you have. Um, 
But I think a lot of people will know a, a bit about you and what you're doing. But can you kind of give like a little bit of an overview about who you are, what, what you're doing, why you're doing it? Well, my name's Conrad. I'm from Australia. I currently have a hobby podcast called Art is Digest. And the goal of that, my goal is to just, I just want to connect with people that like exploring ideas. And I, I think these ideas we hold shape us. And they shape us in the ways we interact with politics, religion. And when you come across someone who's just the complete opposite to you, whether they're politically opposite, different religion, different something, my, my goal is to work out why, where did they deviate from me or from you as you're listening? It's like, if you are a hard pro-Trumper, I'm like, well, listen, let's be honest, I'm not. But there's an idea that you hold, that you accept. There's a way you see the universe that mm. that at some point we deviate. At some point, you accept an idea I reject. And, and so the, the goal of the podcast is to try and encounter ideas that are uh, different, extreme, controversial, that divide people, but try and dig down into what's their worldview, what's their life experience, and what has happened to them in their life for them to end up where they are. And if I, I feel like if I can, I'm, I'm just interested in exploring that idea. So like you said, mm. people will come on board as I talk to like a Rob Bell or something, and he'll come on and I was like, I love Rob Bell, real progressive, it's real good. And then the next week I have uh, some, I had a, a like an elderly uh, lady who was who was like critiquing progressive Christianity and you see the numbers right. just kind of drop off and I'm like, nah, like it's actually All the more people that fun. you gained from Rob Bell that's suddenly right. lose because like, well, I didn't like this guy, it's not Rob Bell. <laughs> that's right, we're so used to listening to something. That's like, and, I, and I think you see it in meme culture and and just anything you follow, you follow, you like, you engage and you share things that you agree with. And that's like, that's what the algorithm does. That's what we're programmed to do. That's why my podcast, you know, well, that's successful. <laughs> that's why I tell myself because it's, we, we share and, and engage with things that we agree with, that we enjoy, that reflect our worldview or that attack somebody else. And we can build a tribe around it. And so every week, if I talk to somebody of a completely different tribe, I'll get somebody I'll get people going, oh, I don't like this at all. And that's the space I'm trying to occupy. It's a bit, I'm doing my best to come across challenging perspectives for me and for everybody because mm. it's, when you're listening to someone you completely disagree with, it's very uncomfortable. And yeah. it's like eating your vegetables. You know you bloody should eat your vegetables and you know they're good for you. And you say you will and you say you value it. But when it comes down to click and play on that podcast with that lady <laughs> that you completely disagree with, that pro-Trumper that you think is nuts, can you get through an hour of me right. not debating him but like probing? I'll try and dig a bit deeper. I'll push the position a little bit. But I'm not going to be like, mate, you're clearly wrong for X, Y, and Z. Probably because I'm not qualified yeah. or intelligent enough to actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just to try and understand their worldview and, and trying to find out their humanity – there's a person behind yeah. there. They, some trauma, some experience, something has led them to hold on to something that's controversial or helpful because there's lots of people with very helpful ideas. Um, and I'm just trying to find out the person that's, you know, because when we divide over an issue, agree, disagree, you're an idiot because you think this, there's still, that, that that's people we're dividing over. That's people we're casting mm -hmm. out. And my optimistic worldview is that I think if I had their life experience, I'd probably be the same. That's kind of, so I'm like, so let me find out what I've missed yeah. in my life experience. That's I'm over here and you're over there. I don't know if that, yeah. <laughs> if that explains, um, that's, that's an amazing, <laughs> I, am, the podcast, I love it. Yeah. Um, it's great. And I, and I love your podcast and I love the idea because I'm the sort of person that does want to seek out someone that thinks very differently and mm -hmm. go, 
what's this what's this person about like why do they think that like how yeah. do they follow uh, the same set of rules the same how do they grow up in the same country how do they read the same bible how do they you know whatever it is and yet at some point they just go ah oh, i'm off there like that's it I, I found something and you're like i didn't find that what the hell are you on you know like and and yet that's what people are thinking about you right so people are like god this guy's a nut job <laughs> um and and it's 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 fascinating right because people will still think that of you going yeah well hold on that's a very gracious position to take but ultimately mm -hmm. we all know that that person's just crazy mm -hmm. um and you shouldn't be giving them time on air you shouldn't be even yeah like, i've gotten that yeah just the fact that you're not attacking them and you know setting them up to fail on your podcasts and yeah. clearly you know uh proving them wrong you're giving out like room to like the wrong kind of ideas like people have these kind of very different perspectives um and i think creating room for them to be fleshed out are so um, it's just so interesting. I'm trying to get on. I'm trying to get some people because there's a lot of stir up about deconstruction right now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to get some people, maybe someone from the Gospel Coalition. They're writing a book about mm. how dangerous the, de the deconstruction is. I want to get some people and I go like, they, tell me, want, why do you how think are you going with that? Oh, terribly because it's bad. Yeah. Generally speaking, what's interesting? Let me so let me ask you this: Who is most likely to buy into your um, type of podcast? Because I found because I'm not the sort of platform that gives voice to lots of different positions. I'd love to, but I struggle yeah. to get one particular position to come on board yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, I think if I was though, I think the other side wouldn't be actually all that willing. So I, I, yeah. it's very easy for me to go, well, look at all these progressive deconstructing Christians and, um, you know, spiritual people that are off trying and exploring new spiritualities. They're all like very open and they come and talk mm. to me, but it's like, no, because I keep talking to those people, they're like, oh yeah, I, I want to be on the same podcast as that person or that person or that person. Cause I'm yeah. like them. Yeah. But I think actually if I had like John Piper the week before, they'd be like, fuck this guy. I'm out. Like <laughs> I'm not going on the same thing. So, yeah. but I wonder, have you seen, is there certain people that are more open to kind of sitting down with you and having these conversations? Oh, definitely. Like, I think you've nailed the neat. Well, that, that, that's right. Like I've had a few, a big line of deconstructed progressive, like yourself, like people who've unpacked this box of Christianity. That's kind of the whole, the rabbit hole I've started in. And I want to move into Buddhism and Islam and just different, any ideas in general, but this is kind sure. of where I've started. And once you start the rabbit hole of deconstruction, there's a lot of people who are really open and willing to talk honestly and share their journey. And my hypothesis is, is that because if you're deconstructing, you've gone through a lot of trauma to leave your group your community and it, and it's quite it's a big difficult step and once you do that you're like ah oh, well i don't care i'll post on instagram i'll i'll be open and honest but what i found is maybe what you're finding as well is that it's very difficult to get people of the maybe let's i don't know how do you label these people we, like conservative or traditional or conventional like the last mm -hmm. very mainline protestantism let's say right now it's hard to get like these mainline pastors or even people that critique, like I've, I've, I'm trying to Australia, Victoria just passed a, uh, banning gay conversion therapy in Victoria. I think okay. there's nuance to the bill. I haven't really gone into it. It's like, does it overreach in certain areas? I'm not really there for that debate, but there are people who are, who are like, okay with it and people who are opposed to it. And I reached out to one uh, woman who's, who's going to come on the show. Who's a, who's gay and a Methodist pastor or a, yeah, mm. a pastor. I was like, oh, geez, I, like that church is more progressive than I thought it was. <clears throat> and she 
was picked up by the newspaper and she wrote in there going, yeah, I think this bill would probably be a good thing for X, Y, and Z reasons. And then I came across another guy from the same denomination critiquing her being like, she doesn't represent our position. I can't believe this, mm. blah, blah, blah. So I reached out to both of them and, uh, she has come on and she's going, yeah, I'd love to talk. I'm open to it. Like share my journey. Really great. Reached out to this guy multiple times being like, mate, you, you said that you were annoyed. You weren't involved in this news paper article, sharing your view, come on the show. Just, yeah. just nothing like crickets. And so there's this, so the, the conservative worldview is very hard unless we're talking about like, <laughs> I've found like the hard right position, like the really conservative. I've got mm. like a, a Southern Baptist, like this guy was a lovely guy to talk to. I can't remember what episode. I think it's like women can't be pastors or something. And he was just there just okay. being like, yep. And this is why women can't be pastors for this book and this reading. And we're just having a great time going. So tell me how you get there. And, and he was a great guy to talk to, but he was convicted. He believed it. And he was okay to be pushed on it. Whereas between mm -hmm. him and the deconstructed people or the more progressive arm of, that's, I'm just talking uh, Christianity at the moment. There's sure. this gap in the middle where I think. Big window, right? pastors like you're more conservative but not that hard line they're not going to come on and say no women can't be pastors they'll dance around it a little bit they'll be like well listen like we're not opposed to women in ministry and ordinations and if you know there's the more middle ground they're the people yeah. i find impossible to get to get on the show yeah do you think there's a component of i think the you know, you're not going to have a problem getting like um, Ben Shapiro to tell you that he thinks, you know, whatever woman should stay in the kitchen or, or, or some sort of like outlandish, hard yeah. right person, right? Yeah. You know, that's not You can a get problem. them. You can but, get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, but there's a thing about, and he's not worried about what his uh, image will be because his image is being that person, right? You can't, if you're on yeah. the hard left yeah. going, look at this guy, he's just yeah. uh, X, Y, Z, right? Whatever you might label someone like Ben, you know. He seems like a nice guy, so I'm not gonna, you know. Well, like, doesn't kill me. <laughs> I think I think I'm sure if I, had, I've listened, if I sat down, I've listened to some long form interviews, not snippets of him, but like interviews that are like two, three hours long. Yeah, I'll give him and, credit for that. Yeah, I've heard some good interviews. He seems like a nice guy. Like he yeah. knows what he's doing, and he knows he's a bit of an ass, and he knows but like. Don't you? Um, don't you think that makes him worse? Some, because in some he ways, he knows what he's I, doing. I, I'm I'm not I'm not saying that he's a good guy <laughs> um, but it does seem like a, he seems like someone i could sit down and have a pint with for a couple hours yeah, and, and chat with that. and be like I'd have a yeah, i think we'd have him. a decent conversation because yeah. i think his hard right position i actually think on the whole he'll come back and go yeah i know like I, it's probably not as extreme as that but i think that's an important point or that's an ex extreme example of yeah. this point but it shows that you can't take it extremely the other way or whatever so but the point being like someone like that is not worried about being misrepresented or cancelled because mm. their whole platform is being yeah. the extreme nut job, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, or, 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 again, however you views. perceive him, but that's, that's it, right? Yeah. He's only going to get another, you know, million views when he, uh, this, uh, Ben Shapiro destroys, uh, yeah. you know, X, Y, or Z, you know, that's who right. cares? Um, but the person that's just a kind of, maybe more kind of central, right? Maybe conservative, mm. maybe the person I'm describing at the beginning, guy that runs his own business, goes to church, is as voted Republican his whole life, um, mm. you know, is um, very unfamiliar with uh, people of different race, of different sexualities, because he lives in maybe a rural town where that's not as common or, mm. or as prevalent, <clears throat> you know? And so he's probably not explicitly racist, explicitly sexist or whatever, mm. but probably a lot of implicit sexism and racism and all these different things it built in of, of the culture he's grown up in. That guy thinks, I'm coming on a show to discuss my position 
um, which is maybe quite well thought out and quite considerate given his context. I'm not saying it's the mm. right position. Um, I'd probably argue very strongly that it isn't because I'm some weird lefty nutjob from the UK, right? <laughs> um, but I think that person is terrified of being Ben Shapiro, of being labeled that and of being cancelled and of everyone turning on them as some extremist or people um, assuming they're racist and sexist and being called that. Um, especially because they don't understand that, God, I'm racist. Phil Drysdale is racist. I, I will say it like loud because I have stuff I'm still figuring out and working on and noticing in my day to day where I go, gosh, there's something there that I need to be working on. Um, and so that's pairs with me being driven to be anti-racist. But yeah, mm. sure. I, I, I've got some racism in me that I've mm. grown up for 30 years in a culture that's quite racist. Mm. But someone that's maybe in a more rural town is exposed to kind of that kind of concept. They just think, oh my God, you think I dress up in a white cloak and like, you know, mm. um, I'm lynching people and, and doing horrific. And it's like, no, there's, there's a whole world here that you're not maybe aware of. But mm. that's what they're scared of. They're scared of these extreme kind of labels. They're scared of being put in one camp or the other almost. Um, and mm. so it feels like the central kind of like, this central thing that runs through our culture, which is really broad and is probably like 75% of people, right? Where you've got mm. maybe like 10 and 15% on either side mm. or something like that. Um, but like really the vast majority are somewhere in this middle bit where they're kind of going... I want to really overly stick my head above the parapet because this feels like a dangerous playing ground and someone's mm. going to try and lop it off for their crusade mm. one side or the other. I often wonder about stuff like that as well. And I wonder if you're maybe bumping into something like that with someone like this, you know, that he's yeah. like maybe a bit more middle ground and, and yeah, he's taken a position that would be considered the right or the conservative mm. or the conventional or whatever, but he's, he doesn't want to be like, like, I'm not, I'm not out there. Like, you know, trying to like, um, I don't know, bomb gay clubs or, you know, like mm. I, I, I'm, I'm just some guy that's reading my Bible and I really honestly think, I don't think it's okay and I don't know what to do with that. And sometimes I feel bad about it. And, but mm. I don't want to say that because then the people on my side will even think I'm, you know, and so he's got so much to lose just being this kind of normal kind of, <clears throat> I don't mm. know, regular Christian guy, <laughs> Christian pastor that uh, thinks people, being gay is wrong. Like shock horror. Have you noticed that that's the default position for Christian pastors? Like, of course he does. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if like there's this. It's it's hard to it's hard to say because I've I've just got a few operating theories as I as I come across different as I as I'm like I really want to diversify. I don't want to have just just the I don't want to represent the best of one side and the worst of another. I'm like yeah. I want to engage with the best of that side and 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 find out what's actually true in the conservative, um, in the conservative worldview. And I think Richard Raw in this book that I was telling you about. Um, the wisdom pattern or wisdom tradition that he, he, he really talks about that. Like what is the conservative mm. really pushing for? And I think my, one, one hypothesis I have is that, and let's just stick within Christianity as I've, this is the rabbit hole I've dived down recently. You've got this worldview that says like, you're either with me or against me. And I had one uh, lady on my show who, who kind of was new to the show and was gracious enough to come on and tell us what's wrong with the show. And she was a Christian and she was like, the problem with your show is that you don't say what you believe. And the problem with your show is you don't end it and say, speak for the gospel. And I'm, you know, classic, just like, Oh, define the gospel. And what do you mean by that? And, um, and that was the problem. Cause I don't openly stand for anything. And I think that's the worldview sure. is, is if I don't openly stand for something, if I don't, I had a pro Trumper. And if I don't sit there and say, mate, you are racist. You are destroying the fabric of democracy. You are not a Christian at all. If I don't, 
like part of our society seems to expect that. And it's not just this subgroup I'm talking about, but I think this conventional Christian subgroup is like, if you're not openly in my corner, then you're not in my corner. And when they look yeah. at, I guess, the catalog going, oh, Rob Bell, all these progressives, Phil Drysdale, not that guy. And they go, I can't, like, he's clearly a lefty or he's clearly like questioning and rocking the boat. So I don't want to be a part of that. And so I think that's part of it. It's like, you're either with me or against me mentality that I think, and I think it happens like, so to move from, you know, the conservative religious critique to the progressive left critique. Like I did an episode with a bloke. You'd probably be familiar being in the UK. Uh, Pete Evans is a celebrity chef. And he's, mm-hmm. um, he pops up in the tabloids all the time and he just gets attacked because he's like anti-vaxxer, pretty conspiracy theorist, QAnon. Um, and when I posted, like I put that video on YouTube and it just cops either this interview is such an idiot, Pete Evans is on a complete other level. He just doesn't get it. Or I get these guys are both idiots. I can't believe he's given a platform like what, like, cause I'm not once again yeah. with this and yeah, I can take the argument and I've had this discussion of like, yeah, he's promoting like things not backed by <laughs> peer reviewed science. And, um, you know, do I police that and go, Oh, you can't listen to this cause you might not want to get vaccinated or, or whatever the danger sure. might be. But because I'm not up there having him and then going, well, Pete, you're completely wrong on X, Y, and Z. There's a contingent yeah. of the far left that are like, I can't believe you gave him a platform. This is the worst thing ever. Like, and then, I mean, it's a good debate to have. Like, what ideas do you have? Do you have to have prerequisites? All that kind of stuff. Um, but there's still that element of tribalism within all these ideas. And when you when you go to the edges or some people just have that with me or against me mentality for whatever, for whatever reason. I think mm-hmm. that's hard to – it's hard to get that on the show, I, I've found. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you you are in a place that is problematic cuz I love what you do and I I would I I, I love stuff like that. Like I love just looking at interesting kind of um people mm. and ideas and not and and having I mean you have an incredible gift. I mean I I am in, in awe of it because um it's very hard to talk to someone you disagree with. And probe them for more information without subtly going, you're a fucking nut job, mate, or whatever, right? Um, yeah. like it's, it's very hard. I, I, I'm really mm. impressed. I don't know if that's maybe a skill you've developed or if, if you've always kind of had that. Like, how, how do you even go about, like, you're sitting down with someone that you so strongly disagree. I mean, the ego has got to be going, yeah. God, oh, yeah. like, this guy, you've got to, like, put him in. There's got to be a little bit in you that's Big got time. that hard left position, quote unquote, like, where you're going, I can't put this online. People should not hear this guy or, or yeah. whatever, right? There's, there's got to be something in you. How does that, how do you quiet that voice and go, yeah, but if I ask this question, he's going to go even more nuts and it's going to be so interesting. <laughs> like, or whatever. Or yeah. if I ask yeah. this question, I can figure out where did he develop that idea and where's yeah. it coming from? And then people might have a bit more empathy for him as a human or like, how do you go about that internal kind of like yeah. dialogue as you're, as you're talking to someone that you strongly disagree with? Yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot can be said for having a podcast and a camera and having a formalized space where I'm like, this is the format I'm going to show. 
this is what I do. So I'm trying to be true to the platform or what I'm trying to create. So yeah. in my everyday life, there, there's no way I'm actually, <laughs> you'll listen to an episode and be like, man, comment's so enlightened. Definitely not the case. I'm always like, dad, you're so wrong on X, Y, and Z. I can't believe you voted for them. And I'll try and convince <laughs> them every single time. But when I pause and think about it in my most thoughtful moments, I think it comes from, and this is what the show was built around, is this idea that, I don't actually think I can change anybody's mind on anything. I've tried mm. for so long and no matter, I always thought if I perfect the argument, if I have the best data points, if I, and I've experimented over the years being like, but what if I was to present you with this piece of data and you just see people, and especially now in the age of fake news, like that's fake news. That's biased. That's not true. And you see, it's like, I actually can't convince you. So if that's off the table, if yeah. I'm now not talking to you just to convince you, well, the only thing left is for me to understand you. And so then I, like, I try and, and this is not my default, it's my more thought position, thoughtful position. It's like if I'm just trying to assume the best of people going, you're a, quite a racist pro-Trumper, but I, I bet there's reasons for that. I bet you've had an experience. Mm. I bet you've had an encounter. I bet you've been in an economic position. I bet something has happened. I bet a worldview has been painted for you that's resonated on a deeper level and you've had to accept these premises. And if I accepted that premise, I'd probably think Trump was a great solution as well. Yeah. But I differ here, here, and here. So it's like a combination of like, I can't convince them. If I can just see the best in them and go, you know what? Like there is a reason for this. They're not an irrational idiot. And maybe some people are. I haven't come across too many. Um, mm -hmm. where that I, that I talk to, I find well thought out reasons. And so I try and assume the best, but when you say like the ego battle, there are still things. So there are some things that I'm quite comfortable with going, I don't think that, but I'm happy like easy ones for me. Like I'm not a woman and I'm not a pastor and I'm not too attached to a church. So talking to that Southern Baptist bloke, that's like, women shouldn't be pastors. I'm like, Oh mate, please tell me more. I'm like, I, like it doesn't right. That's not triggering you at a very deep it's, level. That's right. But but for me, like the things that probably do trigger me because I teach economics at a school, and so the pro Trumper, I was like, this if <laughs> like my behind the scenes thoughts when I analyze it on my like sideshow that I've got, um, it's like that. That's my ego getting like being pushed because he's talking about like Donald Trump is anti-establishment. He's gotten rid of the swamp and. In that interview, I was a bit like, I'm going to ask him some questions that I know and, and I'm not going to debate him. And I did yeah. a little, my ego got the best of me and I set him up for a bit of failure, but I think it did still show his process of thought. But inside I was a little bit not, I was setting me off for a bit <laughs> of failure. And I was like, he's like, I knew he'd say Trump drained the swamp. I knew he'd be like, he's gotten rid of, you know, he's not corrupt and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. So what would you say to the 281 lobbyists that are currently working directly in his administration, which is more than any administration before? And for me, I'm like, yeah, see, look at that. Look at that data. But then <laughs> I got proved wrong. It, I got proved right in my initial assumption. That's like, that's not going to convince him. He's like, oh, well, no, that doesn't matter. And that's not true. And I'm like, ex-Goldman uh, ex Sachs banker, ExxonMobil CEOs are in there. Like, this is a pretty swampy swamp. And he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just like, no, no, I don't know where you're getting that. That's not true. Or, or it just didn't, it just water off a duck's back. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so it does get the better of me. Like I, I see that battle. Um, but I also think my interviews are better when I disagree. 
because yeah. I get to go, okay, what do you say to this idea? Because that might be my hesitation. And they might answer yeah. it well and they don't. I'm not there to say which is which. I'm just going to ask it and leave it there. So generally, they're the, they're, it's, it's actually more fun when I disagree because I, I think I ask better questions that dig a bit deeper and quicker. Like when I just agree, mm -hmm. I might not be seeing what the other perspective can see. Yeah. So, I mean, open for a conservative co-host if anyone wants to, wants to come on and, <laughs> and, you know, fill out the other side. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it, it's such a gift and um, I appreciate you sharing a bit of your humanity in it as well. That you're <laughs> not like this perfectly honed robot just no made way. to ask uh, good probing questions. Because, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I just don't know how you do it. And I do spot, I, I, I remember that moment specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I was just like, oh, yes. And then I was got like, him, no, got him. He's not going to care. He's not going to care. Right, like, why right. would he care? Um, and as soon as I say, oh, I got him, I'm like, I failed the practice. That's not what yeah. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to go, <laughs> oh, I get it now. So, I mean, the same yeah. question I think probably should have been asked, the same question. But I did notice that, like, oh, I'm not here to prove him wrong. I'm not here to prove yeah. I'm better than him. And that's, I think, the, it's just the practice, like, yeah. I just got to keep trying and keep, and the more I do it, it like my curiosity grows and I'm actually a bit bored with people I agree with now. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, but mm -hmm. I know this, like I, I can see the world like you do. So, right. uh, you know, it's not an interesting perspective. So yeah, I think the more you engage with it and like you said, you, you learn to enjoy it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely asking people, um, questions which you genuinely don't know the answer to is always better than asking questions yeah. that you know yeah. the answer to. Um, and so, yeah, exactly. Like even just what do you say about all these lobbyists or whatever? Yeah. I don't really know what the hell your brain does with that Yeah, how does he weave it? I'm like, really intrigued. Is the news and, and actually, yeah. it's so helpful for my audience to go, oh, I would think that's a killer argument too, but apparently yeah. doesn't yeah. matter. So, but that, yeah. that, that knowledge, I think it's so... Um, it's it's such an integral way to approach things to go look we all want people to think like we think but it doesn't <laughs> right. work like that it's not gonna That's happen right. we're not gonna change people by having a good argument with them maybe occasionally once in the blue moon someone changes and goes bloody hell that's a good argument but generally speaking <laughs> there was probably a lot more behind it's the never sun scenes to me. And surface it's no never exactly you've me. never had someone i got it i live for the day that someone <laughs> yes. on your podcast just suddenly goes Fuck me, Conrad. 281 right. lobbyists. I'm done. Really? You know? Oh, I'm off the <laughs> yeah, top <exactly>. train. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever it is, right? Rob Bell's like, wait, what? That's in the Bible? I'm done. Oh. I'm, I'm going it back says to conservative Christianity. About gay marriage? Like, oh, I completely missed that. I'm back to banning it. <laughs> it's, it's funny though, isn't it? Because we do on some level, there's still this drive within us that goes, no, this will get them. If I can just, That's right. this yeah. is the argument. Because on some level, we think that was the argument that got us when arguments probably yeah. didn't get us at all. Like you're saying, yeah. it's this, this culture, the shaping, the, the structure, the pressure of life on different um, angles and things like that. So I guess, I mean, you, you talk about, you know, you can sit down with your dad and have a big debate on politics or <laughs> yeah. something like that. Like, has has building this um, muscle and, and practicing this practice of, of listening to understand rather than trying to convince people, has it bled into your day-to-day -day life? Like, can you see yourself becoming less, um, uh, I don't know what the right words are, but less desirous of changing people mm. and more of understanding people? Has that bled over? Because you just kind of say, well, you know, I'm not really like that yeah. in, in real life. Yeah. And, um, 
but I can imagine it must have in some ways yeah. influenced how you think and, and do life doing this for so long. Yeah. My, my curiosity has grown in like way more to that. When you encounter somebody, my, I am far more curious in that exact question being like, I'm not here to convince you for this argument, but I want to know what you would say to this. So I think, I think it's easier the further out. And then as you practice, I feel like the, those walls kind of come in. So the people you know the least, it's like, who cares what he thinks about that? I don't even know the guy. You can think whatever right. you like, but then come one layer in. What about your church community? Like, does it bother you? And I think this is the thing that I see slowly shift the more I practice. And so I go, okay, my church might completely disagree with my entire interpretation or reading of the, of the Bible. And I'm at the point, you know, as I practice, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Tell me how that works for you. Like I'm more curious in the interplay between the idea and their, them as a person and how the idea helps them as a person and it moves in. And so, Oh yeah, people in my church community. Okay. But what about your close friends? Like he really disagrees with you. Can you be okay with that? And I think I've watched this circle just kind of close in. It's not at my dad level yet. It's not there yet. So I think I've got to do it like a lot more practice, but it, it just comes and goes. And it's like, I like this idea when they say, as I let go of this idea of, you know, like enlightenment being something to be attained. I think you even said it in, in the, in our chat with you, where it's like, it's not something to be attained. It's like you drop, you drop in and out. You're like one, one day you'll be like, Oh, I can really see the humanity of that person. And then the next day, you're like, what an effing idiot, get off the road. Like, and I think right. that's kind of what happens. And, and, and I think like having this format of a podcast to sit down and, and enter a curiosity space where I put down the whole debate thing going, you are useless at the moment. I can't debate. There's no need. Then the curiosity grows. And I think, I definitely think there's a value in the practice itself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds great. I can't, I've got a great podcast episode for you. You and yep. your dad. <laughs> oh man we would just go in circles and we just i'd just be like yeah but come on you're still voting this way he's like yeah but people would just see you slowly devolve <laughs> i'd lose all the only followers i've got left are like man conrad stop trying stop to convince screaming. your dad mate just accept him well people just might like curious. you they might like you finally yeah. this guy's trying to like he's saying what he believes and <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right and and i guess wow. that's like i've i've tried my best to hide my personal opinions on things in order to attract that timid, you're not on my side type of person. Mm -hmm. And I think I've done okay. Some people go, oh, I'm like, if you listen enough, you work it out. Uh, I think. And I've had a few close friends being like, yeah, I reckon this is what you think. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're pretty close. Um, but I'm hoping that, by trying to remain as neutral as possible, I can, I still want to cast a wide net. I still want to be yeah. able to include the people that I might be very different to in, include those people, those hardline us versus them or, or the people that reject this idea of inclusivity. Actually, I don't know if anyone actually rejects the idea of inclusivity. Everyone loves the idea of it, but whether right. it's actually in their practice you know, sure. so to that's what my, extent they can apply it. That's right. So that's my, my goal is like, if I can remain as neutral as possible and try and be as fair. So if I can try and drill the, this side that I might agree with just as hard as the side I might not agree with. And you can't tell then I'm like, okay, I think I'm doing a good job then. That's yeah. That's what I'm trying anyway. Yeah. It, 
it's it's just an incredible gift and i keep saying it but like it's, it's something that <laughs> oh, is it's, so, uh, and i'm not saying that as in like some sort of divine being has given you this gift and <laughs> oh, but thank no, i'm just you. saying you've clearly stretched it out and, and worked it you know um and that is amazing how um have you in doing this because I, I i know for myself when i ask questions to understand i often start to understand um, mm, yeah. and you know like it's funny that you know we talk about you can't just have this debate with someone and change your opinion but actually on some level i think sometimes when you stop trying to do that and you start listening sometimes you do end up changing your opinion in different ways like can you think through the different conversations you've had and can you identify gosh there were moments in there where i actually did start to go oh i actually think i am starting to change my yeah. opinion on that or or soften an opinion on it or um mm. has, has that happened to you in this practice yeah i th i think for sure and i think maybe when we put when we look at it something like oh, has an opinion change like we've said i don't think that actually happens to almost anybody like maybe outliers here and there but I think what, what's happened as the progress of, if you enter into this practice, either listening to the podcast or just going, you disagree with me, tell me everything. Here's an argument that I think is pretty good. Tell me why that's wrong. What I think that does is it softens how hard my opinions are. So initially over mm. time, my opinions have softened to the point where if someone says, what do you think about this? It'd be like, eh, well, in these circumstances, like in what circumstances, for who, in what context, like... Right. I could, and then by that point, it's so soft that if someone says, well, yeah, in this circumstance with this, I'd go, well, I'm with you then. And then, but in this circumstance, I'm not. So first off, I think my curi this curiosity of uh, how other people see the world softens my opinion to the point where I'm like, I actually see, th like, I'm very aware of how I see things now. And I understand that my worldview is so limited because I just come from this little white middle-class Australian corner of the world. And when you encounter someone on the, it's like when you go traveling, you encounter someone who's very different. You're like, I have no idea how you see the world, how you go to work and survive in this type of climate. You end up going, well, I don't really know really that much. So there is definitely, you start to genuinely believe that there's a lot you can learn from other people. So as my opinions soften, then when I'm in curious conversation with people asking hard questions, it happens all the time where you go because I where your opinion doesn't like shift like oh, I used to think this and now I think this it's more oh, I'm not I think maybe this but then when you hear an idea someone else puts forward like I think recent conversations I've had with um, a lot around racism really just being classic white dude here the the Bible through the lens of black people in the black church has just just these conversations, just little things they say, the interpretation of the text, take a Bible verse of like, blessed are the poor, the weak, the downtrodden, all those things. I'm like, oh no, blessed are they? Because they can see things I haven't been able to see for 30 years. And in this mm. conversation, they'll say something like, I think Claudia in her episode I released like two or three weeks ago, she said, I think the privilege of individualism. And I'm like, what? Like I've been an individual my whole life. And then she goes on to explain that, you know, Black people aren't afforded that privilege of individualism when someone black robs a store. The story on the news and the narrative is like, oh, watch out for black people. Whereas a mm -hmm. white guy goes, shoots up a school. It's like, oh, bad mental health. Like that individual had a yeah. bad day. This and just person. that, like it sounds so obvious when I say it and, and you know, maybe people more enlightened than me are like, yeah, of course, Conrad, come on, catch up. But it's something that a perspective that wasn't brought, like things like that happen all the time where I go, 
I knew it in theory, but it it actually hit home this time. It actually, mm. and I think if you're open to those curious conversations with somebody who you don't even have to disagree with them, just somebody who you know occupies a different world and a different lens to you. Oh, I think, you know, my world has, has broadened and widened. And so I'm really curious to explore like indigenous Australian perspectives on Mm. how they just see the world. Like what does consumerism look like from a culture that doesn't exist or didn't ever exist from within that. Whereas I've only known that. And so it's like they, these people are actually a gift. They're a gift, not only as a mirror to hold up, but to show you things that are just purely invisible because the lens that I've been given. So yeah, I think it happens all the time. Wow. That's beautiful. I love it. I really love it. Conrad, tell me a bit about, I know you're not one to talk about your own beliefs or anything like that. And I won't, I won't prob you for like specifics, you know, um, but Tell me a bit about your journey. Like, so did you grow up in, in the Christian world? It sounds like that's kind of part of your tradition to some degree. I mean, Australian, yeah. uh, it's, it's a big part of the Australian culture for a lot of people is kind of conventional Christianity. Like what, what's your story and, and like, how has that shaped who you are and how you've got to this place? Mm. I always, I think just sheer luck uh, has, I grew up in, uh, Seventh-day Adventist church, if you've heard of that one. Okay. It's like, yeah. uh, how would you describe it? Like Baptist, but they go to church on Saturday. Pretty Baptist. Yeah. Big uh, on the Saturday. Yeah, yeah. They love it. They're like, their, their eschatology, like end times, it's it's like, you'll be the remnant church. If you go to church on Sunday, pff, you're not the remnant yeah. buddies. It's yeah. like the mark of the beast is going to church on Sunday to like some yeah. conservative, very conservative evidence. And I kind of joke about that because... I never believed that. I, I was always joking. I was with my mom in like <clears throat> an Adventist bookstore. <clears throat> and I was, I was 20 at this point and I'm walking around with my mom and I'm like, mom, there's a lot of books about the Advent in this bookshop. What is the Advent? And I grew up seventh day Adventist for 20 years. Adventist church, like every weekend. <laughs> and mom's like the second coming, the Advent. And I was like, Oh, that's why we're obsessed <laughs> with end times. And so it all clicked because I grew up more like more of like progressive side of Adventism. So conservative right. Adventist that you're not allowed to swim. You're not allowed to uh, play sport on a Saturday. Can't watch TV on a Saturday. And then it all kind of slips because phones are like, is it TV? Is it not? So it kind of, so I grew up in more of a liberal side of it. So yeah, we play it like we wouldn't play competitive sports, but we go mountain biking or we go surfing or we, sure. we were pretty, my mum was pretty progressive in that. So I'd come home and go, mum, do you know that we think we're the remnant? Like the only true church? I don't know if I could, there's a lot of churches out there. Statistically, that's, that's quite a feat. <laughs> yeah. And my mum was always very open to those questions being like, well, I think every church has probably got something and I don't know if we're the remnant. So I, I grew up with like, as when I was pushing the boundaries of it, it was a, it was pretty welcome. Like I never had this traumatic, sure. like, no, no, you can't believe that. And I'd be like, uh, like evolution. Like if, if the earth didn't exist and there was no sun, how can it be six days if the earth's not ro- like rotating on an axis for the, for the day to be a day. So does time exist? And like, does it really conflict with evolution? And you know, the people in my immediate circle were like, Oh, maybe I don't know. So it wasn't, it wasn't mm. this, 
deconstruction journey that I think probably a lot of people that you've had on your show have had. I've spoken to a lot like this hard traumatic being Australian too. We're a lot more laid back. You know, we don't have this hectic Southern Baptist American, like they're pretty full on in a lot of things. Americans like they go hard out and Australians are a bit best. Whether that's the worst way to do it or not, they do it better than anyone. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. They're going to so, do it with everything. <laughs> that's it. And so I didn't I'm really... I'm sorry, America. <laughs> You're sorry, America. I say to the listen, I'm guys. like, 70% of my show, <laughs> my audience are like <laughs> Americans. Right. So, and sorry, to, sorry, please don't leave me. <laughs> to our lovely American listeners and friends of the show, you guys have uh, Chipotle. Bloody love Chipotle. God, and I love Chipotle. we don't have Chipotle, so clearly America's yeah. doing something right. We have, uh, we have two, and they're both oh. about... 300 miles from me. So. Oh, damn. Yeah, I would I would give a lot of money to have a Chipotle in Australia. But so that's been my, like, Australia's, yeah, we're very much more laid back. Like, America has the culture of revolution in their blood, whereas Australians, mm-hmm. we wouldn't revolt if, if we were literally being oppressed. We'd be like, yeah, but people are a bit dumb, so we probably should have that rule. Like, yeah, she'll be right. Like, we're very, we probably need a bit more America in us. Uh, but so that was kind of my religious context and, and upbringing and pretty progressive, pretty involved. Like I play music and like drums in, in church. So I could always play drums or some conservative sides of my church. They're like, no, drums are from the devil. And I was always like, whatever. No, they're not. And uh, I think from there, it was just the slippery slide of progressive, progressive theology going into the gateway drug of Rob Bell, where it's like, velvet elvis ideas where it's like well can you say for certain that this is the best religion and the best ideas like it's all changing and growing and it was like one step to the other to the next which was i'd accept pretty easily and i never had this traumatic rebellion against my group i came from i think i had a pretty good upbringing great community um you know i've moved quite a ways from a literalistic interpretation of a lot of the doctrines and and things that people might hold to vehemently, but I never went through this hard Dawkins grade atheism type thing. Like I remember as you just question and then you come to the precipice of like atheism. And I think I came to it where I was like reading a bit of CS Lewis, watching it like Dawkins and all these atheists and stuff. And I came to the point where I'm like, ah, it's all story, isn't it? What do I want to believe? What's going to help me? And I think from that point, I just discovered the, and as a probably a Rob Bell thing, it's like, what leads me to more life, hope, openness, acceptance, inclusion? That's mm. the way I want to go. And so it's like, what story does that? And for me, like this atheistic worldview, I was like, it's a bit reductionistic for me. I never saw in the atheist worldview, I, I felt it never had the nuance of the liberal Christianity I grew up with. It never had the, it was always a caricature that I was never a part of. So I was like, Dawkins, I agree with you, mate. That's not my, like, I didn't grow up in what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I'm with you, mate. Like, so he was never a compelling figure for me. And, and the, and and so, yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of what it is. Like up to the edge of atheism to the point where I'd be like, oh yeah, what do I, I guess what helps, what's helpful. It's all story. And then just kind of the progressive beliefs until there and, so I think deconstruction happened quite slowly, not that traumatically. Um, sure. Why, I think a bit of deconstruction and reconstruction would happen at the same time. Like, well, that that idea is clearly a bit of a joke. Uh, but this one, let's loosen it and broaden it and make it kind of fit a, a little bit more. Um, and I think that journey's just continued up until now where 
you know, I, I find I find authors like Richard Raw very reconstructive. They take a worldview I was yeah. handed, language I was handed, um, myth that I was handed, a collective story, and then gone. Here's actually a way of reading it that is actually quite interesting and, and helpful as a collective. And I go, oh, yeah. wow, now that is an interesting reading of the Bible. And that is actually relevant to me now, not because it's the Bible and you have to read it this way and you have to, you know, you know, that's the typical, Hey, you have to hold these intellectual beliefs, but like, here's what the text is kind of talking about. And here's a comment on humanity. And I go, Oh, that is actually a very interesting comment. Jesus. Well done on, I guess you did (laughs) become famous for some, (laughs) for some reason. So I think, I don't know. It's hard to pinpoint any one thing. It was like, I've never really gone through a, 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 a disownment or a hatred or being outcast from my community or I don't know. We'll True. see how, how this podcast goes. Cause it's probably, it probably <laughs> steps on a lot of people's toes. And I know there's a few people listening from within the fold, so to speak. Um, okay. But you can't argue with being curious. Don't we just want to be curious? No, absolutely. Don't, don't we want to just include and accept? Well, that's all I'm trying to do. So if you're anti-including yeah. and accepting, it's probably not for you. It's so funny, isn't it? Because those kind of language, like you said, like no one, no one is anti-inclusion. Like no one's going to go, yes, we are exclusive. We do not like including people. Mm. But but you know, people hit walls. We all hit a mm. wall, right? You know, we all, um, yeah, we all love people, and then we get to a certain barrier, and we go, oh, Mister, mm. I don't know if I want to include you. I don't want yeah. ISIS as part of my guys. I don't yeah. want that pedophile as a part of my yeah. guys. Like you know, we don't. We there's a there's a line somewhere where we go. Mm, gonna stop recognizing you as something common with me as, as a mm. human and somehow dehumanize you <laughs> because i i'm not comfortable now we, we've, we've broken that and and different groups will draw that line so much sooner than yeah. other groups that draw it much later mm. um but most of us i think even the most inclusive people in the world yeah. will somehow have and generally i mean even the people that are radically inclusive generally speaking can be some of the most exclusive people there are um, mm. as far as the passion through which they exclude people and it's yeah. because they exclude people so we're not going to include yeah. them and so you know we, we all do it on some level somewhere that's um, right our, our propensity yeah. to create purity codes out of anything is like that's so we critique religion for this exclusive purity code that says you need to follow these rules be like this to be included and then as i just step back and look at religion from the outside. I go, wow, look at that pattern of like exclusion and a list of things you have to do. And then I step back and go, oh, politics. Well, it's there as well. And the progressive left has essentially become, and let's talk a stereotype of the progressive left. It's a broad church, but it's essentially become like, has its own set of purity codes being like, you need to hold these beliefs and you can't say that. And you've got to be like this and you've got to hold this belief. You've got to vote this Mm -hmm. way. And it's become just as condemning of those who are not like you because it almost feels like it has a better moral justification. And maybe it does. It's like, you're oppressing those people. So I'm allowed to hate you. And I, and I think I, it's almost more potent because you do have that extra moral element in there that says they are hurting other people with those doctrines mm-hmm. and beliefs. Like purity culture within the church causes a lot of trauma, especially for women within that. And so if you say, well, I hate you now because you're part of that, it's like you, you get a good justification for it. That's even more intoxicating because now you're allowed yeah. to kind of hate them, condemn them. And I think a helpful reading of Jesus was him going, let's not do that to anybody. And I think 
that pattern of religion will repeat. We have just this new age fundamentalism. Like now crystals are like the thing that, you know, you got to have these crystals. You got to have these, you got to be anti-vax. You got to be like, we've all, I don't know. I see it in everything now. So that same religious pattern, I'm like, geez, we're all just little bloody religious creatures and we will turn anything into an idol and we will create a ritual around it. We'll create community around it. And you've got your church. You've got just a church that worships consumerism, individualism, what pop political parties, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And any of these communities, uh, I've yet to see um, communities and ideologies to which you can belong that are devoid of scapegoats. Yeah. You know, like uh, it's Brene Brown's thing. Like you only belong everywhere when you stop belonging anywhere. Because mm. if you belong to a group, it means that there's another group. There's somewhere a line was drawn and it's like, I belong here. Well, yeah. that means I don't belong over there. So to yeah. belong everywhere, I have to go, I'm not playing this game. Yeah. I am not playing. And, I, I, and I've not seen that particularly. I mean, I've seen it articulated as a philosophy. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a good idea. <laughs> but but I, I just don't see it very often. I know in me, I have my scapegoats. I have the people mm-hmm. that I just go, yeah, no, that person, let's get them That's up right. on a cross and kill them. Because right. they're, they're, they yes. are the opposite of what I believe in. And I've grown and my, my inclusive yeah. group is massive now. Now there's only five people on the earth I don't like. Mm-hmm. Steve... Greg, Julie, and you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like right. those are the people, but I've got to have someone. Yeah. So I draw Everyone's my line and go, but this is in, and that is yeah. out. Um, and it, it's really fascinating to see as people grow, the the people that are out might be a smaller group, but there's yeah. almost a more visceral hate towards them than there was hmm. before. Like I've seen on, on many in many ways. People that are very progressive, liberal, they're deconstructing, they're growing in their uh, inclusivity and their maybe even their morality and their love is growing, their capacity to love is growing. Um, and yet I've seen them uh, seethe with hatred over mm. someone that's homophobic more mm. than the homophobic person does over someone that's gay at times mm. not black mm. and white that can be very different i've seen some very horrific yeah. seething of homophobic people <laughs> um but i'm saying but there's a there's mm. a danger where i can become so outraged by that outside group by the scapegoat that i'm creating that um yeah we, we're all playing mm. the same game somewhere yeah um, and can we transcend it can we that's right and and that's right like i think that's a very brian mclaren idea have you spoken to brian mclaren i've not had him on i, I know brian yeah yeah, he like because his latest book uh, goes through the. It's I think it's awesome. It's like the four stages of like religious belief. He just synthesized a few different things, and it's like the first one's like us versus them. The second one's you're getting better at the game. The third one is deconstruction, and then the fourth one's like reconstruction. And I think that's what he talks about the movement from the third stage deconstruction into finally some form of reconstruction and obviously it happens in stages and you'll reconstruct in this part but still be deconstructed over here in another section of your life but he talks about like seeing yourself like you're saying there (coughs) if i can see myself and go yeah i've still got scapegoats seeing my complicity within Mm. this system to the point where it's like like i probably will always have a scapegoat and if i can just kind of recognize it as soon as i can and just be like ah i guess i at the moment am scapegoating 
billionaires. Rupert Murdoch, I'm looking at you, mate, ruining us, our Australian society. Jesus. I, you're still Slash my scapegoat. <laughs> Slash, yeah. yes, that's right. Fox News and the UK. He's our beast. I'm sorry for that. So, I, I mean, look at Jesus. us both seething over billionaires like Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, you don't right? have to go hard for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My big one is, uh, so this will be like weeks um, behind now, but yesterday the big thing came out with Meghan Markle and, um, and oh, yeah. uh, Harry and and I am a very strong, I mean, I, I will not hide my opinions on the monarchy. I'm Scottish. Big fan. I'm not pro-monarchy. <laughs> um, huge fan of the monarchy. <laughs> no, I'm not a big fan. How many um, babies are so, uh, now? <laughs> all, my, all my friends know well, most of my friends are English. They know well how much I do not like the monarchy. Yeah. And the group chat yesterday, I held back so much because suddenly in the group chat, there was this explosion of anti-monarchy conversation. And I just sat there with this like gleeful like thought of like, I'm so happy. People are agreeing with me. They see mm -hmm. how terrible the monarchy, not That's even right. the people within the monarchy. I mean, I, I'm sure it's bad people and good people within the monarchy. It's such a broad group. Mm. Um, but the concept, the, the, the system, it's, it's, yeah. it's fucked up, right? The whole yeah. thing is kind of really fucked up. We talk about classism and, and what that's built on and what ideas yeah. that supports and holds. Uh, and yet there's this thing in me. I, I literally, I was like, don't, don't talk. Don't, don't share. Like, don't, don't jump in and go like, see, I told you. I'm like, told right. You. And all these things that suddenly come up when you see, yeah. when your, your point is proven, when you get your mm. thing, like, oh, it's, yeah. So you, you mentioned Rupert Murdoch and I think, yeah, fuck that guy. I hate that's him. right. Like, like, that's your reaction? Like, that's your scapegoat. That's a normal reaction to have right. about Rupert Murdoch. I'm pretty confident. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> is it the best reaction? Is it the healthiest? Yeah. Is it, you know, and, and I mentioned homophobic uh, people. Of course, those people are dangerous. They're harmful. They're causing huge pain and suffering. Yeah. Um, so it's not to excuse that. No. But does hating them fix that? That's, right. um, that's, that's that's the question, question we're asking does yeah. hating rupert murdoch change that does yeah. hating the monarchy change the monarchy mm. does it does it change anything mm. um maybe maybe it does maybe it riles you up maybe it moves you to action maybe you manage yeah, to maybe. block um gay conversion bills uh yeah. you know or, or, or create new ones that, that ban it yeah. or maybe you manage to start a big riot and the monarchy falls and you know you get to behead <laughs> them all the guillotines and um, yeah. <laughs> i don't right. think we'll be doing that these days right. yeah um, but yeah, think, it's, yeah it's tough please go on no i think i think you nailed it it's like if i if i can continue to accept that that human pattern and if i can just and this is an idea that i don't hold but i would like to hold it i hold it intellectually which doesn't mean much but it's like it's a very peter rollins idea where it's like there there is no idol there is no wholeness and completeness there is no perfection there is no enlightenment like and I'm probably butchering because it's not from my culture, but it's like, if you see the Buddha on the road, kill it because it's not the true Buddha. Mm. And I'm like, well, look at yeah. me. I'm so bloody enlightened by quoting some Buddhist things. But, but I think I, I like that idea where it's like, will I ever achieve this? Well, maybe not, but will I, can I continue to just be, can I be content with that journey of going, Oh, there's, there's my idol. There's my scapegoat. Oh, there we go. Okay. I can see it now. Let's kind of work through it mm. and try and just try and be okay with that process. And that journey, um, is something I would like to hold, but obviously like I still have, I'm still pretty utopic in my ideas being like, listen, Phil, if we could seriously just get rid of Rupert Murdoch, democracy would be a hell of a lot better. I would put good money on that. Um, and so I'm still a bit utopic in that. And I think, you know, you have to have this balance of striving for something, striving for change, but not 
not just wasting my life expecting a utopia to come that will never come yeah. expecting enlightenment to come to me as a, as like as if it will ever like you know hope why well, i don't know i hope to be able to be more like that as i just journey through life yeah and it's interesting i mean your whole your whole shtick is understanding people listening to people you know not trying to change them and i think what we can learn from that uh, if there's anything you can learn from that is that you don't get to change people it's very rare that you you mm. get to be the person that somehow manages to magically change person yeah. right so you could i don't know somehow land the gig of being rupert murdoch's assistant and be around <laughs> them every day and whatever and maybe you'd be like oh this is it i'm gonna like work <laughs> gonna in from the underground it. i'm gonna try paying and, like, taxes is a good idea yeah <laughs> there you go start paying taxes maybe yeah. stop undermining the press um yeah. and like you know taking over everything like whatever yeah. it is right but the, the odds are really the closest people yeah. to people you know, yeah. um, it's very rare. Actually, I think it's his, his son, James, isn't it? That she, he's been very influenced by having a very progressive and liberal wife, I think. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. that's an interesting dynamic, but I can imagine that that's not going to be a massively important dynamic and the money will just filter to the other son. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> um, that's right. <laughs> but the, the point being, you know, certain people, maybe maybe getting married, maybe expo being exposed <clears throat> to radical love and acceptance might change us and warp us at, at times or whatever. <clears throat> but on the whole, the only person that I am ever going to change in this world with certainty is me um mm. and when i'm fixated on finding my scapegoats and being in the right group i don't change right mm. if, if if it's about i've arrived i'm a seventh day adventist i worship on a saturday screw everyone else they're going to hell but i'm going to be there with all the saturday worshipers for an eternal mm. saturday in heaven um like that doesn't promote growth it doesn't mm. promote change. It, it, it says you've arrived um, in mm. the same way, you know, like it could be whatever, uh, you know, I'm Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm a, you know, I'm a charismatic, you know, oh, well, we worship with our hands raised and singing yeah. in tongues. And so look at all those other people that don't really know the spirit. Um, they're probably going to have a worse seat in heaven. They may charismatics can be a bit more gracious. They'll let them in, but you, you, you get to sit at the back or whatever. And we're sitting mm. right next to Jesus on his lap or whatever. Like, yeah. but we have arrived we know what's right and and maybe there's growth but it's growth like within the same thing it's mm. like a horizontal growth rather than a vertical growth yeah. if that makes sense mm. and i think it it highlights how susceptible we are to finding things that stop us growing and changing hmm. you know it's almost like yeah. a defense mechanism if i've got say. an enemy that i can point at that they need to change mm. and i'm in the right group when we're perfect yeah. I no longer need to do the hard work, right? My ego yeah. can go, ah, oh, this is nice. I can yeah. just chill out. Occasionally throw some mean tweet at someone, um, yeah. you know, tweet Rupert Murdoch some sass. Yeah. Um, and I'm good. Um, and that's a real danger to me, I think. And I think programs like yourself, like, you know, what you're doing is it, it forces us to look within, I think, a lot of the time. I, I wonder, though, I, I don't know. Do you have a good grasp on who your audience are? Do you think that that's what it does to them? Do you think that... Or do you, because I think you talk about turnover. I know you've mentioned it a lot on Instagram and things like that in, in, in mm. passing and just like joking around about it. Yeah. Um, but do you think a lot of that is because people are looking to play that game? They don't want to change. They just want to find a podcast that is, oh, here's the progressive mm. podcast that makes me feel good and jokes yeah. every week about how bad conservatives <laughs> are or vice versa, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, do, do, do you, what, what do you where, where do you peg your audience? You know, do you have a yeah. kind of idea of who they are and what they're doing? Yeah, that's a that's a good question because I I think it it the the graph definitely like spikes up and down like you said, 
and I think it's a sm- it's it's a small but very engaged group of people that I've really bought into the idea that they've really bought into the going like, no, like I do, I do want this practice. And I do mean it when I say at the beginning of the show, half jokingly, like it's not for everybody and it's probably not for you. Like if, because I think, and, and it can easily like, you know, it's a bit of a marketing shtick. Someone being like, what do you mean? It's not for me. I'm going to listen just because despite you, that might be the anti-authoritarian Australian there listening, trying to pick them up. But, but I think, it can come across either very elitist being like, well, mate, I feel it's not for you, mate. Like, don't worry. It's for us enlightened people that can hold attention. (laughs) But I want, I want to mean it. And in my, my, in my best days, I, I mean it as like, you don't have to do this. And it's, it's being able to, in order to be curious and to truly not try and change somebody, I have to let go of the idea that even doing this practice is for everybody and everybody needs to do it. And, mm. and to truly accept that I look back at the tradition I came from, you know, the trauma that it can cause people and the tough experience a lot of my friends have had and all those things. And I, and most days I don't want to change it because I, it made me, it, I don't believe most of what it says in the same, in the same sense, but I got here through that framework. I pushed against that framework. That framework shaped me. It grew me. And so if someone comes to my platform and goes, "Ugh, not for me, then I kind of want that to be okay. And to be like, no, no, yeah. you need, you need like, let's take, I think what, what I'm noticing is like the, like deconstruction is like really, really growing. And you, you, you know that very well. Like, and I think what what happens is is like there's that deconstruction where people like really like get in there and like f these conservatives like they screwed us I'm traumatized like I need to just rail against this and I think yeah like that's a space that people probably need to occupy for some time just like they had that conservative box that they broke free of and they are where they are because of that trauma and that tough box that they came through. And it's easy for me to say, cause I didn't really come through it. So it's easy for me to sure. sit back and go, Oh, I don't know if the system needs to change, but it's me trying to just accept the, like the necessary suffering. Like you don't wish it on anybody, but when I encounter like this suffering that I might've gone through, I end up with these ideas that, purely came from that level of suffering. If I ne- if yeah. I did what I wanted and avoided that suffering, I wouldn't be where I am today. So it's this, it's this tough kind of acceptance of it. So with people in the podcast, it's like people just might not be there and it might be too triggering for some people. Maybe they need to just get into a group of people and be like, you're with me. I'm safe. Finally, I'm finally safe to be myself. And if I want to swear and say F this guy and F that guy, and it can, you know, bring me some security then like sure that's where you've where you've got to be um yeah but then for those people who i guess want to have the practice of going what does it look like to love the enemy what does it look like to try and grow that because i think it's it's easy with this abstract concept of like oh just love your enemy oh sweet i'll just go do that now oh rupert murdoch i love you mate right but that but then there's i think true change can only come through a practice so yeah 
Yeah. So my audience, yeah, I think there's a dedicated group of people that I think get value out of that experience of going that almost liturgical practice of going, yeah, I'm going to sit uncomfortably for an hour listening to this guy. And if I get to the end and I go, all right, I get, I get the pieces you put in place. I do think that that moves us to being able to love people more. Um, yeah. probably not the only thing you have to do to get there, but it might be something that helps. No. Yeah, no, I can see that. Are, are you familiar with Spiral Dynamics? I know you're big in Richard Rohr and Rob Bell and stuff. So yeah, like, yeah, I've listened. Yeah. Uh, I've listened to a podcast app or two on it. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it, it sounds like a very integral practice of what you're doing. It's very, it's very yellow in its in its perspective of like you know people are growing up and they're going through different stages, and what's mm. important to them at different stages is going to be different based on where they're at, how how they've come you know, the different contexts they've grew up in, the different experiences they have, they're going to be growing up and, and developing mm. in different ways. And in the same way that um, uh, maybe a university student doing literature might look at a text that you looked at when you were 12 in high school mm. and go, well, actually, this actually isn't that great in the way of literature in a lot of ways. There's actually mm. some like real problems with it. But because of that, that's why we actually quite like some of these things. And, and it's a bit more common. But at 12, you're not having that conversation. You're not ready. You're just looking at it as like a, a book and you're picking out your favorite theme and, you know, like mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and I think it's recognizing we grow and at different stages, we engage with different ideas in different ways that are important mm-hmm. to us then and may not be important to us future, but mm-hmm. will always be important to us in a sense. Like you're mm-hmm. saying, you know, like... It, I would rather not be born into um, a fundamental church mm. and grow up through that. But actually the reason I can help people coming out of fundamental Christianity mm. is because I was born yeah. into a fundamental church and came out of it. And yeah. so I'm kind of glad. Mm. Um, and I would rather that um, my mom didn't die young of cancer, yeah. but I grew in empathy more than I've ever grown. Mm. And I've grown in my capacity to explore my own emotions. And I actually grew in my love and connection for my mom much more than I ever Mm. had. And um, whatever, you know, and I, and I dealt with death and I've dealt with the kind of existential Mm. dread of death and and whatever, and other things have helped Mm. me with that. But you know, these different things that you go, wouldn't wish that on anyone. I don't wish anyone to ever experience the death of a loved one, Mm. but yeah. I sure hope that they would somehow get the same lessons I got through that experience. Um, mm. And and I think um, you're right. I think a lot of people aren't there. They're not in the place to look at the nuances and, and, mm. and see both sides and see how as people mm. grow up, things are more helpful at different stages and, and might yeah. be really, and there's probably really valid parts to all of it. Like we, yeah. we one of the yeah. things I do a lot with people is people go, I'm really struggling. I'm trying to deal with regret and shame and guilt and hatred of the church and all mm. these different strong emotions. And I go sit down, grab a bit of paper and write down everything good mm. that you learned while you're in church that mm. you still use or want to use today. Yeah. And they come back and they're like, dude, I had to go get like five more bits of paper. You know, mm. I mean, of course there's loads yeah. of stuff. You learn loyalty, yeah. you learn compassion, you learn yeah. community, you learn how to love better. Might not be as well as you love now, yeah. but it was more than you loved before you entered into this kind of community that loved you so much. Um, mm. And so it's it's recognizing that people are at different stages, but there's so much to draw from those really crappy, mm. crappy, um, we look back and go, I wouldn't want to be there anymore. And so mm. that would not serve me. Yeah. Um, or a real suffering. Um yeah, I think 
that it's a beautiful way to approach things but i do think you're right i do i do think strongly it's, it's not for mm. everyone and then not from an elitist like you yeah. know, this isn't for everyone but just uh well know the season you're in know what's mm. going to serve you what helps you grow um yeah i, I think i think you hit the yeah. nail on the head and and maybe to maybe to even backpedal and say the opposite of what I just said, I I hope. I hope that the practice is for everyone, because at the same time, there's the element of like understanding their perspective, and and, but through that, I'm hoping people understand the human, and the humanity, and so like. That's kind of why I heavily couch it in this ideology of we want to understand the humanity. We understand the ideas that divide us so we can see the humanity that connects us. Because I think, I think that has to be for everybody. I think we have to be able to see the humanity in somebody else. Hmm. Otherwise, I think we end up, we end up passing on a lot of, we just end up perpetuating that, that trauma. And I think you just, the internet's the obvious and perfect example where it's like, you look at the comments and you're on the internet. So you get like comments from people. And if you were to literally run into that person on the street, they'd be like, Hey mate, Oh, it's nice to meet you. And he's probably like, Oh, Phil, what an idiot. I hate that guy's podcast. And you run into him. He's like, Hey mate, love, like, great show <laughs> and he probably you know it, it would just be completely different and so it's like because you can encounter their humanity and i think we i hope that he, that if this way of encountering someone's humanity is not for everybody but i hope that encountering people's humanity is for everybody and i hope to be able to find other ways to connect people's humanity in other ways, I don't know. This is a very intellectualized way of doing it. It's the way I engage with the world. I just like the mechanics of ideas and what leads to what and how they got there. Um, and so if yeah, if I find any other practices that I find that I come across that are useful for connecting with people's humanity, I think, um, I think that has to, I think it has to be for everybody. Otherwise I think yeah. we, we end where we are politically right now. That's, that's where we end up and it's not pretty. No, it isn't. I think uh, another big way that works is in service. I think that um, mm. there's such a huge, I mean, I don't think it's any surprise that one of the strong metrics of, of, um, of personal growth and one of the strong metrics of um, uh, overcoming um, or coping with mental health issues um, in both those, one of the strongest metrics is helping other people. Hmm. Um, and, and so like, um, it's been shown again and again and again in studies over the last kind of hmm. 30, 40 years, if you have severe depression, severe anxiety, severe, um, you know, anxiety, all sorts of different stuff, um, go help at a soup kitchen. And hmm. it's not that you go, Oh, look at the perspective. I, oh, I could hmm. be worse. Maybe I'm actually, yeah. it's not that at all. There's something about it. it it draws you in and connects you with, I, hmm. I don't know. They, they, they haven't actually hammered down the why. Um, but there's so much in that experience that helps us go, whoa, I'm connecting mm. with someone that I probably wouldn't cross paths with, generally speaking. I'm not yeah. um, hanging out with homeless people every day. I'm not mm. hanging out with people that are on the breadline and, and barely um, surviving and have to come along to a food bank or something like that. I'm not doing that. Um, and it grounds us. And, and I think, yeah, so I think there's something about serving people as well 
um, that is a lot less of an intellectual pursuit and it's much more mm. of a nitty gritty, let me feed you, let me sustain, let me make sure that another human being survives another day. That's a beautiful um, practice that does something internally, I think that, yeah, I don't know, it connects us with something bigger than ourselves. It connects us with, with this that's going on. There's humans mm. out there that um, are different and yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's It's so... It's so interesting the the connecting with people on that human level mm. um, and and looking beyond the the things that we that we disagree on and and mm. yeah I, I'm just <clears> in <throat> awe I really am <laughs> I I hope as I look out at this growing deconstructed movement and this reconstruction movement and as Christianity progresses like even if you listen to the liturgist podcast they've gone well should we just reform Christianity like let's just lean into it that's what it seems like the direction it's going and I just I just hope I'm looking forward to what people come up with in order to formalize that mm like what you're talking about being like, we need, like that's what church did really well and does really well, like connect with people, all those types of things. What would it look like as we pull out the harmful things and create liturgies and practices and service things that can connect us with people's humanity? Because it's a necessary deconstruction for sure. Uh, but what's next is is what I'm very, I'm very curious to just to watch as, I think this generation kind of grows up and pulls it apart and what are they going to build to eventually be torn down again, I guess. So, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And I think there is that early stage deconstruction is rage against the machine. It's, it's pull it down, yeah. it's destroy it. It's look at all this terrible stuff and it's all true. Yeah. And I think it's probably a probably needed does, stage yeah. for, for most right. people. Um, and yeah, some of this stuff really needs to go. Like, yeah, we cannot yeah. move forwards and, and have a uh, institution that's uh, ex yeah. just horrifically racist and sexist yeah. and homophobic and transphobic and whatever mm. else. Like that's going to have to go. But can we have institutions that care for their community really well? Can we have institutions that go, mm. oh gosh, um, you know, uh, Julie is having a baby and she's a single mom. Maybe we should club together and make some meals for her so that she can put them mm. in the freezer and eat her and her family can eat without having that extra stress of how are we going to like make meals or, you know, like that's the sort of stuff that church does. And you're like, that's beautiful. That is yeah, just absolutely right. wonderful and, and, and beautiful. And I think, um, I think there's so much to be redeemed there. And I think it is going to be interesting to see as people, um, grow in their deconstruction they grow beyond mm. the the rage uh season where this is wrong and we need to fix yeah. it uh, or break we need to tear it down and destroy it there's going to be a part going okay and as we move forwards we start to realize oh but it'd be really nice if we had a tight community though wouldn't it it would and it'd yeah. be really yeah. nice if we were really um loyal to one another and actually yeah. we're going to need a lot of discipline to get this job yeah. done and oh, these are all yeah. things that i actually learned at that like very conventional stage of my life yeah. Um, you know, loyalty and discipline and community yeah. and, and, and serving people. And, um, and yeah, let's not serve people in a w weird, abusive kind of like hierarchical, <laughs> yes. like manipulative. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be the person in charge is getting mm. his car washed and his garden done for free by people in this organization yeah. anymore. But yeah. maybe it is going to be, okay, how can we go out into the community and, and find mm. the, 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 those that are suffering and serve them and, uh, it's it's really exciting to to wonder what does this mm. what does this become what does it do and and uh, and there's huge divergement right like I think it is it's going to be interesting I don't think Christianity is going to go anywhere I yeah think, you know there's going to be evolutions of Christianity we might see less and less conventional forms of it yeah um, 
But I do think as well, people are going to go, we're, we're going to mm. grab some of that Christian stuff and we're going to build mm. something that is not Christianity anymore. Um, mm. Because I think some people are done, right? They're just like, I don't yeah. need that word God's Christian. You know, that yeah. stuff's just too yeah. laced with stuff for me. I'm just going to move on. Mm. Uh, it's going to be really, really fascinating to see how it all plays out for mm. sure. How will it build uh, together? That's what I've been, the, <clears throat> the phrase that I've been mulling over from Richard Rohr is like, only corporate evil can be overcome by corporate good. And I think that's, that's, I think the challenge of, of our generation is to go, there is a shit ton of corporate evil. We've mentioned Murdoch a bit and, and just, you know, the commodification of the environment, all that kind of stuff. Like that's corporate structural destruction. So it's like, man, if, if Richard Raw's right and only corporate good can combat that, mm. then I think that's the challenge of our generation. Like how do we create corporate? corporates collectives that can then counter that i don't know yeah i i'm i'm remarkably hopeful i think i'm a weird like uh, <laughs> odd one in this whole uh discussion and i think it is what in within the deconstruction community i'm a weird one because i do see things as very um positive i kind of try and look right back through it all and try and integrate it and stuff but i just think like you go find me 115 year olds Right. And let's be honest, teenagers, we are not at our best as teenagers, but you go ask 115 year olds what mm. they think about the media, what they think about um, gay people, women's rights. Mm. What do they think about uh, climate change and, and, and the world moving forwards? What do they think about the world we need to build? You know, mm. what should the world look like in 50 years? You, you know, that conversation is not going to be the same as if you ask 100 people in their 60s mm. or their 80s yeah. or their 40s. Um, yeah. and, and I just think we are moving in that direction one way or another. People are, are yeah. growing up in, in a beautiful and very encouraging way, I think, mm. honestly. Um, and so I get quite excited about it, to be honest. Because mm. I do Whether, think <laughs> one way or another, we're, we're, we're going to become this, this corporate thing that is going to be corporately good. Yeah. Whether, whether that's true or not, I'll choose to believe it because it's a bit of hope. <laughs> it just sounds good, right? Let's grab I'll on go to with it. I've, I've got no evidence <laughs> to the contrary either way. So I'll choose which one and I'll choose that one. Thanks for that. It's, it's fine. I mean, I can go into some of the most conservative. I, I mentioned this a lot because it's the last place I got to travel to. Um, so it was obviously <laughs> like a decade ago. Um, but like I went to America last year and I was in really rural communities um, and obviously very conservative, mm. um, very conventional in, in the way they do life. But I, I was amazed because I was hanging around with like the, the kind of uh, 30, 40s, 50s, 60 year olds that were kind of like the odd ones out in these communities because obviously they're asking me to come hang out with them. Mm. Um, but what's really interesting is anyone I talked to that was under 20, like whether they were part of a conservative family or not, you know, obviously some of the people I was hanging out with, they had kids, but actually people I wasn't hanging out with, they, some of them had kids. You talk to them and they're like, yeah like obviously this is kind of crazy right we, like we have the internet we, we don't actually just believe what this little town thinks or you know like yeah so it's just yeah. like so i'm just so encouraged by stuff like that because you can go to the yeah. the most conservative place in the world and of course some of the kids are full-blown brainwashed homeschooled not allowed outside you know mm. this is the way it is but most of them have an iphone and they're watching <laughs> netflix and youtube mm. and tiktok and they are learning how the world thinks, how people in Northern Europe think, how people yeah. in Australia think. Um, yeah. It's, it's just really, uh, it encourages me a lot. Mm. It really does. Um, it'll be really interesting to see 
kind of how it progresses. How do you see Idea Suggest progressing? You, you know, moving forward, what what do you see? Um, you, you mentioned like you know you've been talking a lot about kind of Christianity and deconstruction. Mm. Do you see branching out into some other ideas? Have you got things in the back of your head like oh, I'd really like to talk to some of these people? Yeah, I I'd love to go wherever the community points me. I I I, I have I want just complete. Hey, I've come across this guy. I completely disagree with him. See if you can get him on the show. I want to explore that. I kind of want to go wherever people are moving. Um, and, and so that, that's kind of always in the back of my mind. Like that's kind of where I want to go as I build up engagement and people, people participating in the practice, then going, Oh, my uncle thinks this and he reads this guy. See if you can get him on and just follow that. Um, but I also want to like in the, in the, in the meantime, double down on, on worldviews, like, Mm. um, big world shaping worldviews where it's like going into like, cause we've, we've gone down the Christian rabbit hole and I know it well, I grew up in it. I know the progressives, the liberals, the, the, the literalists, the, you know, um, liberation theology, like there's so many different variants and they're, they're actually very different, but I'm very curious to see whether that level, and I'm almost certain it does just theoretically, that level of like nuance and difference and, and minutiae exists within Islam, within Buddhism, mm. within like, can I get as deep in a is Islamic rabbit hole where it's like, you know, you have your ISIS and then you have your progressive deconstructed, like less literal, um, imam that might be, you know, is there like, I don't, yeah. I don't know yet. Cause I haven't gone down the rabbit hole. So if the listeners, you know, are aware, like I, I'd almost put good money that there's some YouTubing imam going like, and I heard one on our Australian, like Q and a TV program. And he was, he was, he was Muslim and he was, he was talking about jihad and he was like, jihad. Yeah. It's like internal struggle, internal battle. That's, that's what it is. And I'm like, listening to this guy, I'm like, this guy just sounds like a progressive Christian. And, Mm -hmm. and so I'm, I'm really curious to explore like those worldviews, but almost as deep as I've gone within Christianity, it's going to be harder because it's not my worldview. It's not my wheelhouse. I don't know the Rob Bell of, of Islam. I don't know the Rob (laughs) Bell of, of Buddhism, but I don't know. Hopefully as a community, we can kind of find that and go, how can, can we see the lens? Like what? if we adopted some of these ideas, how would they help us? You know, what, mm. you know, uh, so that's the, that's the short term plan. Um, and just anything in between anything super controversial, I, I'd, I'd dive into it and, and see, and see what happens. Yeah. Anyone, anyone who wants I, to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but be controversial. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just be very outrageous and you're in. <laughs> absolutely i dude, i love what you're doing i really do and i love I, i'm looking forward to that stuff i, I love looking at um worldviews that i'm less familiar with and, mm. and being exposed and I, i've more recently been looking at um i I've, I've dove a lot more over the years into eastern um philosophy and, and and religion but looking at islam recently as well and i'm just like like you said like holy crap like there's like hundreds and hundreds mm. and hundreds of different perspectives in here and there's thousands of different sects and denominations mm. with you know, it's just christianity again not yeah. conflating islam and christian believe That's the same right. thing but like these these systems and structures that fracture and divide yeah. over what we believe in you're wrong and we're right and yeah it's happening everywhere it seems That's right. um and it's so interesting to uh to hear and, and yeah you hear a certain progressive kind of uh um islamic people speak and you're like 
Oh, yeah. I, I could see I that. Could see I, could, that. I yeah. could see how you could open the Quran and use that as a beautiful teaching that helps you yeah. live life in a more beautiful way and, and you engage with it as myth and, and metaphor yeah. rather than just, you know, like a literal text that's telling you black and white how to clean your teeth every day and um, whatever else it is. Absolutely. That's right. I, I have one last question, but we'll wrap up. But I am so intrigued with. Um, you will deal with this even more than I do. I, I don't really deal with this much anymore. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised I don't. I used to deal with it a lot when I was much more in the Christian world. Hate mail. Um, I, I've seen you post some really funny things. You know, you'll post like, you know, public reviews and things like that. And um, how, how do you deal? Because there's a thing where when you're talking to people that are radically extreme mm. on either end of the spectrums mm. and you're exposing people that are in your audience are going to be along this whole spectrum to someone else in a different mm -hmm. position and encourage them mm -hmm. to listen. Um, I, I'm sure your, your loyal, uh, you know, true Conrad fans, ideologists, like loyal patrons and everything, they're, they're going to love it. They're going to love it. But there are people that kind of dip in, dip out. Like you said, you've had Rob Bell, whole new bunch of new people. Mm -hmm. be like, oh, I'll listen to a new Rob mm -hmm. Bell interview. That sounds interesting. And then the next week you're like, oh, and here's someone that despises the new age and thinks Rob Bell is Satan. <laughs> I can imagine some of them being like, dude, I'm not happy about that. I'm going to send mm. you a message or vice mm. versa. Maybe they listen to the, the new age woman and then they go, oh, I'll, I'll check out more of this guy's stuff. It's, it's great. He's given us mm. a platform. And then they listen to the prior episode and they're like, he didn't correct Rob Bell. Mm. Um, I can imagine some of the stuff you get maybe isn't so uh, nice. Um, so uh, encouraging. H how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the kind of, the onset of uh, people's aggression and upset over over what you're doing. Mm. Well, I think I don't get that much well thought out direct hate mail. I part of me would w welcome it because it's just another data point. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm I'm treading right. on toes. I think I feel like if I'm not if I'm not getting it, I feel like I'm not doing it right so part of me <laughs> part of me like kind of looks at it and 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 is is okay with it but i also haven't gotten that much like some of the reviews i post like yeah that review i posted i can't remember what it was it was like yeah i mean that was it was long enough it was one star on itunes and it was like this interviewer like completely out of his depth or something like that um and i think what i find is that the people that really drop the hate comments and swing past they don't actually listen to the show mm. and, and because I think because I'm not saying things directly, the biggest thing I'll get, like the biggest thing is like, I can't believe you give this, like with the Pete Evans, I can't believe you give this idiot a platform. You're just as bad as he is kind of thing. It at, at the moment, it doesn't get to me too much because I guess my, my worldview is a bit more, uh, there's a reason they're saying that they saw a certain snippet. It's not for them. I'm not going to change their mind. And they're behind the computer. Like I've been on YouTube long enough in my life to know these are just guys firing. Just, they don't even, I don't even think they fully know what they're sending. They're just like, watch the video. This guy's a wanker. Send like part of me just goes, ah, you don't even know what you're doing. You're just on the internet. Right. I, I more think it's more of a feature of the internet to be like, ah, it's just the internet. So I, I've almost depersonalized it being like, it's just the internet doing mm. what the internet does. And I haven't, you know, I haven't gotten anything too personal and, and, and too aggressive. Cause I don't, I think 
I think that's what comes with not being mega popular, really. Um, you know, as soon as things blow up, you kind of you collect a lot of people that haven't looked at the context and haven't looked at it. So anyone who listens to the show, I think probably won't send those, those types of messages because right. there's so much, they have to essentially by doing so admit that they don't want to listen to other people and they don't want to accept other people and they don't want to understand other people. And no one really wants to admit that. So I feel like right. anyone who engages, they can't bring themselves to go, I can't believe you sat there and listened to his entire worldview and didn't vilify him and didn't call him names. I'm outraged. Like no one's really. Right. As a closed minded person, I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. Not say that, are you? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. So we, we don't want to. So maybe part of them doesn't like in order to do that, you have to admit this part of yourself that you would rather deny and hide from. So there, mm. so there's that. Um, and then I think it still gets, it still gets to you. Like you read the comment, you get lots of support. Like I have a great supportive community. Um, and then you get one person that's like, oh, this interviewer sucks. I'm like, Oh, come on, man. I'm, I'm doing my best. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and then now I've just, now I'm just kind of having fun with it. So I've, I've just reworked it to the point where I'm like, I'll make a fun little reel out of this. This is good content. And so now I'm actually, this is my next project I'm trying to do, but it's not working. All these like, cause YouTube is where the big hate comments kind of come. Right. And I'll always kind of engage with the person who said it and gone, mate, look me up on Instagram. I'll get you on a live and you can just tell me to my face why I oh, suck and why the show sucks. And I'd call it amazing. hearing from the haters and every single person I've, reached out to and said, mate, love to hear your thoughts in person. Reach out to me. Here's my email. Let's link up. We'll do a show. Crickets. Crickets. Nothing at all. And so I'm a, I'm super disappointed. I wish I had a really like <laughs> really uh, convicted hater that was like, yeah, I'm going to, cause I just think it would be, it would just be the, an amazing Christ-like practice, which is like, I'm going to verbally berate you and let's see if I can just sit here and take it and go, your interviewing sucks. Oh, really? Tell me why. Like, well, how could I do that better? I don't, I don't know. That's, that's so funny. That's what I'm, I think that's a great idea. Like you, yeah. Like you said, no one's going to do that. Right. Cause we like, <laughs> it's the, it's the road rage in your car, right? You, you're road raging cause you're in your car, right? That's right. You not scream at this person <laughs> for walking slowly in front of you. Right. Because you're that's like, right. dude, if he turns around, he's going to punch me in the face. Yeah, I'm right. not going to scream this verbal abuse yeah. and like, you know, give him the finger and you know, whatever. And like, maybe not, but when I'm in my car, I feel safe. I am yeah. yelling and screaming. I'm beeping. Yeah. Um, and it's the same on the internet, right? It's just, you, you wouldn't do it. They, they yeah. would come up to you face to face and be like, Oh, great show. I, I really like what you're <laughs> really? doing. Yeah. Fucking asshole. I hate that guy. Like, it's, it's like at a, at a restaurant. They're like, did you enjoy your meal? You're like, Oh yeah, it was yeah. really good on the review. One star did not yeah. enjoy it. At all. I'm star, not going to do it to right? your face. <laughs> Uh, not when you can actually fix this issue and actually like, sort it <laughs> out for me. When, no, I'm right. going to rage about this for a week and leave an angry review. <laughs> right. I do it's, that It's funny because you can start to go, yeah, no, actually, now I understand my trolls. Yeah, okay. I get it. They don't want to talk to me. We're all trolls. Let's face it. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So at uh, the moment, it's not bringing me down too much. <laughs> okay, good, good. Because I, I do wonder, and, and I'm intrigued, and I think it's actually, it carries relevance right through because as people, most of the people in this, audience are going through deconstructions there and they're starting to figure out how do i start putting myself out into the world as a, in a more honest way and who i am mm. and and that will be an extreme position for most of their loved ones uh, mm. a lot of them and so they are going to get some quote-unquote hate mail right so they are going to mm. get some uh, negative feedback on on their life choices and where they're at mm. now and what they think and 
And I'm always intrigued by people that in a more public context um, do mm. it, um, how they handle it. Because I know for me, like, it's only in the last couple of years that I've really started to be able to handle that well. Mm. Um, I've been getting hate mail for like a good decade. And really, it's hard. You can get 100 nice emails and one mm. bad one. Yeah. And it, it just sits in your head, right? That's right. It's, it's really right. it's amazing how that works. make some reels so, about yeah. it phil i reckon that's your that's your practice to like you know what you just give me content guys you're feeding the beast occasionally i i um i'll snip out any names or pictures or whatever and i'll post a um a, a quote or something over yeah. on my patreon we have a yeah. we have a discord channel uh, where we chat and stuff and um a couple of the people on my patreon are like dudes please send us like these conversations and we'll act them out and make a video and you can oh, post it. And I'm so like, good. this is going to be the greatest thing ever. So I think the next time I have a really good conversation, I might, mm. I might do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, um, was it Jimmy Fallon that reads out people that main tweet, tweets? Like, yeah. hateful th- is it, is it Jimmy Fallon? Someone like uh, yeah. that. It's, it's like all the celebrities. Yeah. Guys are, yeah. Um, but yeah. And they, yeah, that's right. He gets celebrities on to read yeah. out mean tweets about them. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> That's right. Have so you? Good. Do you ever? Uh, and this will show my weird niche YouTube interest. You ever know the bodybuilder Rich Piana? I think that's how you say. It. I don't think so. No. He died probably five or six years ago, and he was just like okay. Jack actually met him once when he was in Melbourne. He's like huge, like on the gear, and he had. He was a massive YouTuber, probably one of the biggest bodybuilder YouTube guys. I was fascinated by bodybuilding, weirdly, and um, he he was in a video, and he was like. I think they were talking about the haters and he just looked at the camera. He's like, the haters made me. Everyone's hating on me. He's like, they made me. You're feeding the algorithm. You're feeding the machine. Like you made me. And so I think part of it is like, if, if someone was to write some, if someone wrote a whole review on my podcast, being like, this guy's doing this. He thinks he's this. I, part of me would be honored. Cause I'm like, I'm going places. Look at this guy. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you know, do my PR. Because, uh, like, the, the real lesson is don't engage it. If you hate it, ignore it. That's the real lesson. And so, on some level, if they've sent you hate mail, Phil, they've lost. Because <laughs> oh, they're, giving, they're giving you content and they're feeding the algorithm and it's going to show up more. So, yeah, yeah, I, I look absolutely. at it as a positive thing now. <laughs> I, got a, I got a bunch of DMs on Instagram about two weeks ago like out of the blue one day like five or six people messaged me saying um and it usually requires five or six people to say the same thing for me to really take note because i get random yeah. messages all day about stuff but five or six people go hey dude have you heard of this guy uh, i won't say his name but it was like he's like posting about you all over facebook and i'm like oh. no and i spent like about half an hour trying to find this guy i couldn't even find like you to search his <laughs> name like it's not even coming up and i'm like who is this like random fringe person that Free enough publicity. people know about him but like i can't even find him uh, eventually found it and he's posting and he's like there's this movement that josh harris and phil dry still have started and i'm like started look so. at you well, okay, look at your cool. credit thank you like, this is it <laughs> I'm I'm a yeah. and, and and he's posting about my network the deconstruction network which helps people yeah. connect and stuff and 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 he's like writing stuff and he's like you know this person's the worst and everything and i'm like this is awesome and then i scroll up a little bit further and he's like i'm gonna write a book about deconstruction and i'm gonna talk about how josh harris and phil drysdale and some other people are completely wrong and i'm like this is great like, honestly my first reaction was like this is marketing like I could yeah, never have paid free for. Marketing, I could mate. not afford this kind of marketing. Into but books with behind with enemy me, lines. Pointing to me. <laughs> and and that's it. And there's so many people um that are like kind of 
in that place where they're they're secretly deconstructing. They're not. They don't yeah. feel safe to come out, or they don't even know what's going on. They don't even mm. have language for it. But now they've read a book from like you know some like random evangelical, and they go, yeah. oh, "Oh, that's what I'm doing. That that's what this is called." Oh, I'll check out Phil Drysdale and Josh Harris. Never go to www.phildrysdale. <laughs> Never ever go to phildrysdale.com. <laughs> Worst place you could head to. Don't read yeah. his Instagram. Don't join this the group. This meme that I'm sharing <laughs> is the worst meme ever. Can you believe That's that right. Bill Drysdale over on Instagram shared this meme and does this every day? It's like, That's do, right. do, what do you think is happening other than you advertising me? And this, this Phil, is where we can all learn from Donald J. Trump. Because <sighs> he, he, you know, say what you want, but he understood this machine. And he could drive this machine. It didn't matter how many articles said Donald Trump said this, that, the other. All that mattered was that Donald Trump was being spoken about. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? If you're going to do that, you've, I think you've already lost the game. So send me your hate mail, guys. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> That's it. Don't be too you mean. Just did- <laughs> You need like John Piper or something to tweet, uh, you know, farewell ideas to just yes. figure out something that rhymes, but <laughs> that'll yes. be it. Yeah. Uh, Conrad, I've really enjoyed this conversation. How can people connect with you? Podcast, obviously, ideas to suggest. Yep. Instagram, is that kind of your favorite kind of social place? Yeah. Instagram, if you want to uh, just engage, chat, reach out. Instagram, if you have any ideas for the show, you can send it through DMs there uh, or ideasdigest at gmail.com. That's it at the moment. I've I've got a website I'm trying to build, but haven't done it yet. So uh, yeah, that's it. Fair enough. Yeah, no, it's good. And do you have a Patreon or something? Something that people can um, support. I don't have a Patreon, but I do have a Substack, which I wouldn't recommend. But if you're listening to the show and you're like, oh, I really want to know what Conrad thinks. I've given a few cards here on, on this show here, but uh, me and my mate, we break down the shows I've just spoken to. I'll be honest about where I was coming from, what I'm trying to trying to get to. I, I can't say it's worth the money, but if you'd like to jump that paywall, <laughs> that's the sub stack I've, I've got running there with a, with a few people that are super keen over there. So uh, I don't know how you'd find it. Just follow the links in Instagram and you'll on find the subscribe there. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, Conrad, thanks so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. It's always it's always fun to have a chat and and yeah, been really Phil. fun to get to know you a bit more and pick your brains because I think what you're doing is is wonderful. It's 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 making this world a better place. Having more people listen and understand and do that through you. I think if you can uh, facilitate people doing that and help them along their way, that's a big thing. And so, thanks yeah, so much, Phil. Thanks for your support. Love your work. I'm a big fan, so keep doing what you're doing. Thanks so much for the chat. I've loved every minute of it. All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Conrad. I would really encourage you to check out his podcast. As I mentioned at the beginning, it just has some phenomenal uh, conversations with such uh, really fascinating guests, whether you agree with them or not. To be honest with you, the ones that I disagree with the most are the most fascinating podcasts uh, to listen to. Um, And so I'd really encourage you to check out ideas digest i've got a link in the show note below for you give him a follow on instagram he's constantly putting out little clips from the the shows as well and and those are great give a really good taster um and so yeah well worth following ideas digest on instagram and uh and checking out the podcast really worth doing love talking with conrad always a pleasure to do i just um recently recorded with him uh, since recording this podcast, um, I, I recorded a, a thing with him and some of his patrons and, and that was really fun. I uh, really enjoyed that as well. And so, yeah, make sure as well, if, if, if you love what he's doing, 
go support him. Sign up for his Substack. You know, he's doing some really interesting behind the scenes podcasts as well with his followers. And um, those are really uh, great as well. And so do check that out. All right. It's enough from me. Um, as always, uh, as I said at the beginning, check out the deconstructionnetwork.com. Great free resource for you to try and find other people that are going through this process locally. If you want to support what I'm doing, you can do that at phildrysdale.com slash partner or at patreon.com slash phildrysdale. Um, your support means a huge deal to me. I do this full time, 60 plus hours a week, um, and I can only do it because I, I have amazing supporters that are um, giving on a, on a regular basis, helping me uh finance myself and pay for the bills and pay for food and everything while I do this full time. And so I really appreciate it. You help me be able to give everything I do away for free, um, which, you know, is a very different model. I'm so passionate about doing everything for free because we, most of us that have come through conventional Christianity have been bled dry by the system. You know, we've tithed for years, we've bought the books, we've gone to the conferences, it's, you know, we've done the weekends away. It's just, it's an endless money churner. Um, and uh, and often we have very little to show for that. Um, and so the last thing I wanted to do was to become another uh, voice or authority that was asking for your money. And so I know that's rather ironic because I'm right now saying, hey, if you want to give money, you can. Um, but I've always wanted it to be like that. If you want to give money, you can. Um, if you don't, that is fine as well. And I'm fully accessible to you. I'm still here on Instagram. Shoot me a DM anytime and I'll chat with you. Uh, it's just at Phil Drysdale. Um, all the resources will always be free. Um, as a thank you, though, for those that do support, we have an online discussion group. We regularly have voice chats and video chats and things like that as well. There's a few other perks as well you can find out about on those websites. So, yeah, check it out on Patreon um, slash Phil Drysdale or phildrysdale.com slash partner if that sounds interesting to you. But for now, we'll leave it there. Um, we're going to have another podcast Monday where we continue to look at our Understanding Deconstruction series. And we're going to be looking at how developmental theory, um, specifically spiral dynamics as a whole, um, how does that play into deconstruction? How does our psychological development affect deconstruction? And why do we deconstruct? And why do others not deconstruct? And, and it's such a huge topic to wrap our heads around. And, and it really helps us as we deconstruct figure out that we've got a path that we're following in some way, shape or form. It doesn't tell you what you'll believe. It doesn't tell you how you'll land or anything like that. But it does show that you're going on a psychological um, uh, growth path. There's, there's, there's stages of development that we are going through and, and this is normal and it's healthy. Um, and that can be really encouraging to hear. And it also shows why other people aren't able to interact with us on this level. They aren't able to engage with something like deconstruction because they, they simply can't process on that level there's just too much for them and so they shut down and, and so i encourage you to check that out it's gonna be a really helpful podcast if you're more of a video person those are already online they're on instagram tv and youtube and uh next thursday when we have our next guest we're gonna have laura anderson i think um there's one thing because laura's launching a new product which is very exciting and you're gonna be one of the first people to hear about it um uh, a new service for people um Laura is an expert in religious trauma. She's colleagues with Brian Peck, who we've had on a couple of times. She is um, yeah, a co-founder of the Religious Trauma Institute. She's an amazing mind. Um, and so that may be next Thursday. If not, we might have to shuffle it up a bit. Um, but we've got a lot of other great people in the pipeline. And so I'm really excited. Whoever we have next Thursday, it's going to be a great one. I'll probably be able to tell you a bit more on Monday uh, who to expect. But for now, 
I love you and leave you. I hope you're well. I hope you're doing okay. If you aren't doing okay, if you need someone to talk to, please do shoot me a text anytime. Send me a message on Instagram um, and I'm happy to chat with you and help you process. I really mean it. I really care for every one of you and I really hope um, that this process of deconstruction um, is never any harder than it needs to be. It's going to be hard. That's the nature of what we're doing. We're doing existential work. We're doing hard, hard uh, work and it has huge ramifications on our relationships, on our life, on our call, on everything really. Um, but it doesn't need to be as hard as it could be. Um, there are people around, there are resources like the Deconstruction Network, there's communities online, um, there's different Discord communities and Facebook groups and things like that. Um, and certainly there is me on Instagram if you want someone to chat to, I'm, I'm there. And so please reach out if you need to. If you don't need to, I'll see you on Monday for the next podcast. All right, have a good one, everyone. Bye.